That don't make you fast. That dude was fast. <laughs> he was fast. Hey, he man, was fast. He, he, he was know. like dodging attacks and you stuff. You never know, man. He might have been dodging hot oil or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's never had a spark land on him. He dodges <laughs> all the stars. Uh, I use my killer instincts to dodge sparks. <laughs> Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Super Agile Bros. You already know it is. It's your boy, Bradston. You know, we're going to have a great episode. The boys are in the building. The brother's in the building. First, I'm going to introduce the boy himself, Kyle. Kyle, how you doing today? Oh, it's me, myself. I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here. How you doing? Good I'm doing good, man. Good to have you. Good to have you. I'm excited about this episode, you know, and, and and also, of course, we have the brother himself, Steve, the man. Hello. What's happening, Steve? Hello. Yes. This is Patrick. <laughs> every every week, every week, I, I think we're just gonna cut him and just cut straight to the to the meat and just, potatoes. Just have like a robot a robot voice for me. I love Hello. that, Steve. <laughs> just take a clip from another episode maybe i'll do that next week <laughs> yes and hello to other steve out there you know we're we're other steve moments like this just just be prepared man we might have to call upon you so you disrespect me right <laughs> to my face yes uh to your face every every everywhere it'll be on the internet forever so uh make sure that disrespect uh resonates you know so uh yeah so today's gonna be a really cool episode so if you guys have been following along uh, guys and gals, if you've been following along with us, you know that in what episode twenty-five, which was what two episodes ago, we kind of had a special episode. We went through different things that we wanted to watch, and one of those things that we wanted to watch was Arcane. So today we're gonna go deep into Arcane. If you don't know about Arcane, super cool Netflix show, um, about I guess League of Legends, and we'll talk all about it. But it's definitely, I mean, I'll give my opinion. So I think you should watch it. You can probably guess how I think about it, but uh, we're going to go through it. So this is going to be a spoilerific episode, but in general, for the first section, we're going to try our best not to be spoiler boys. But um, after that, it's all no holds bar. We're not going to hold back. So so let's get ahead and hit. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and get it cracking. I want to hear what you guys uh, thought about Arcane. So I guess we'll go around the horn and we'll start with the boy, Steve. Steve, tell us about Arcane. What, how did you like it? Your overall you know, review? If you want to give it a score, I know you're partial to giving scores, but if you got one, please share with us. The brother. No, this is Patrick. Uh, mm. Yeah, I can I can start. I uh... <laughs> committed. <laughs> He's committed. You see, that's that's the gag with a second payoff. You see, that's mm. Mm. that's a uh, humor. That's comedy. I'm still waiting for the first payoff. Mm. Them dad jokes. He's prepared. Yeah. <laughs> got something to tell us? I'm actually. Yeah, I'm your father. Oh. 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 <clears throat> your daddy <laughs> so we're super agile father son yeah super agile family we can <laughs> no longer be the super agile bros <laughs> no, there's a joke i was saying uh, who was i saying oh one of our one of my my brother-in-law's brother who's also the uncle to my niece mm-hmm. I, we, I was i was telling my my sister that she should adopt him like her and her husband should adopt him and he's a grown man he's in his 30s about to sure. be 30 or whatever and 
they were like, but he's a grown man. I was like, no, you need to adopt him so our, so my niece will have a, a brother. We'll just, she'll just call him Uncle Brother. So <laughs> oh, no. Super confused. <laughs> I don't so. like that at all. <laughs> but anyway, it has nothing to do with anything. So, Steve, what's yes. your review? <laughs> um, Arcane was, I thought, much better than it had any right to be. I mean, we just finished talking about video game adaptations, mm-hmm. and this was not that uh, for two reasons. One, it was good, like Sonic, <laughs> and two, uh, it really didn't have anything to do with the video games. It really was, well, I don't know. I've never played League of Legends. I know that it's not what I would call a story-focused experience, mm. um, so it isn't like they adapted the plot. It seems like they just kind of jumped into the lore. Anyway, uh, the graphics, like the the way the the art style is <laughs> graphics, like it's a game. The art style <laughs> is uh, very distinct, and it might seem off putting at first, and sometimes it doesn't look totally great. But I think you really just have to see it in motion, and even in the first episode, you can tell like how detailed and dynamic everything is how bright the colors are i think i mentioned in a previous episode how the lighting is just incredible they do such a good job yes um and they'll they'll throw in some 2d effects sometimes that just Mm -hmm. like pop and maybe they shouldn't pop as much as they do but they're so good there's a scene where like this kid gets splashed in the face oh no no yeah he like gets splashed in the face or like another scene where someone uh, spits or vomits and it just looks so good and we were watching it <laughs> and i was telling Keisha, i'm like man that looks really good and she's like he just puked <laughs> like, it's still look it's still awesome man that looks so good i'm gonna write it back <laughs> yeah let me, oh, let me go no. back and watch that again um but that's that's just the you know the visual is really good um storytelling was excellent i i don't i can't really think of a character i didn't like um yeah, top-notch show in general, not not to mention animated shows. Okay, cool, cool. Sounds like a, a solid recommend from, yeah. from you on that one. Uh, how about you, Kyle? What do you think about it? Yeah, I have to agree on pretty much all accounts. So, yeah, the first thing that hit me was the art style because I did play League of Legends in college. And mm. more than play the games, I was always just enchanted by the champions and so they would do they might still do it i don't know i haven't seen one in a while but they would do champion spotlights and all it would be is a speed painting of like the promotional art for that character and then so it'd be like a 16 hour 24 hour drawing that would go over 15 minutes and like just from the very first frame of this animated series it was like it was so true to the art style of the of the game or of, mm-hmm. not even of the game because i think the game lacks in some ways what this uh what the show was able to capture as far as just like the, the painterly approach that they take the way that they handle surfaces and different materials in their paintings which isn't quote-unquote realistic but so mm-hmm. convincing and just like delicious and mm-hmm. <laughs> just delicious <laughs> yummy so like they were just able to capture it to me like perfectly like like I, I feel like there's games that I've played that I, I say you could take a screenshot of any moment of this game and mm. it would be an amazing background for your desktop. I feel the exact same way about this show. Um, 
the writing was great. The voice acting, top notch. Oh, I, yeah, the voice acting. Yeah. I think I only recognized maybe one or two voices. I'm sure there's people in there that I would recognize their names, but they did a really great job of just capturing the characters, so I didn't get distracted by that too much, which I, I really appreciate because a lot of shows, especially on the streaming platforms, reuse and recycle the same actors. And so I'm just like listening. Oh, I know him from that. I know him from that. I know her from this. And it's super distracting. So I appreciated very talented voice actors that didn't pull me out of the story because of who they were. Um, and, and just, yeah. So if I had to give it a rating, because I know Steve didn't give it a formal rating. Art, art-wise, visual-wise, graphics, as Steve said. I'd give it... <laughs> graphics. Graphics. I'd give it a, a 10 out of five because okay <laughs> yeah, that's correct because it was just man next level um the writing i'll get into i'll give it i'll give it a, a 7.5 i think everything was handled correctly you know greatly written well but i have my reasons for why i didn't give that a 10 okay but overall i give i'd watch the show again so i give it like an 8 8.5 Okay, solid, solid, solid. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I think out of the gate, I'll just give it my rating. I'd probably give it like a nine to a nine point five. I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I would say that I'm like, uh, I don't give p- any form of medium a pass. <laughs> I don't care if you're a video game related media or based mm-hmm. on anything. I'm just gonna judge you for what you are in in that moment. You know, I'm not going to base it off of, oh, that game was great. So I'm going to give you extra points, you know. So number one, I, I don't have like a huge history with League of Legends. And I think I mentioned this before. It's just like when I heard that it was a League of Legends show, it kind of actually dissuaded me from from watching it. Number one, because the toxicity of League of Legends just made me think like this show is just going to be terrible. And just, <laughs> I don't know. There's some, point. something about that. And I also like, you know, um... I assume that League of Legends has a lot of lore and stuff because it's like a fantasy-based game, but like it just never stood out to me in that way. You know, like if somebody said, "Oh, I'm gonna make a Skyrim series," I might be mm-hmm. interested. The Witcher, I knew about how cool the lore was, so that like interested me. But League of Legends uh, didn't. Um, so I guess I went into it kind of like ah, I had heard that it was good. You know, even bef- like I heard from I think my boy Omni had mentioned it on his youtube so i just looked saw it and i was like oh you know so i didn't have much you know like you know pre-thoughts about it other than oh it might be good but yeah i was very surprised number one like you said the art was incredible i I think at first i was a little taken back by it because i was like this is weird you know (laughs) because it kind of felt like they had painted on the characters who were 3d Mm -hmm. and like it didn't change so i was like this is weird it's like they're wearing like makeup like permanent makeup but as the show continued, I realized how beautiful it was and how it matched the aesthetic perfectly. And eventually it just felt like I couldn't imagine it any other way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I'd be mad if they tried to change the art style at all. I'd be like, this is terrible. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, definitely with Kyle, I give it a 10 out of 5. <laughs> it's definitely such a unique way to approach it. Um, but uh, I think, you know, overall, I, I think it was just hard for me to find any faults in it. I have characters that I didn't like here or there or moments that were whatever. But also the show surprised me in a lot of ways. Mm. And as a person who loves stories and characters and, 
like lore in general, I always say to myself, oh, it's so hard to surprise me. I know where something is coming. Like I'm watching a show now and I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, like this show really surprised me in a lot of ways. So that boosted my rating. Um, and I think I love that they take themselves seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like even in this world where they could possibly tone down the realness, you know, we'll probably get into it a little bit. I just really appreciated like the no holds bar aspect of the show and kind of how they went with it. Not overly violent or crude or anything, but very like real to to what they were doing. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So it is a little gory. If anyone's wondering, there's there's there's, there's yes. some bloodletting. Yeah. There's some blood. Definitely like maybe like a it's very high to medium, medium to high, <laughs> like, you know, but not bad, not too crazy. Um, like maybe like a, an action movie, pretty an much. An action movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want us to start talking about the show Get Deep. So anybody who's watching, listening, you know, overhearing this show right now, <laughs> if you don't want to get Arcane spoiled, I recommend you stop now. Stop at this moment. Watch the show. Then come back. Because at this point, we're not holding back. We're talking about everything Everything, everything that we could possibly go for. So, so I actually want to... Wait, wait, I'll yeah. also add, even if you don't mind spoilers, like I know some people who are like, eh, just please don't listen. Just go watch it first. And <laughs> mind them this time yeah. for your own <laughs> best interest. Because a lot of a lot of the show revolves, like there's a lot of tense moments. Yeah. And if you know what's going to happen, then... That's true. Uh, it's just, it's lost. Yeah. It doesn't, you just don't feel that the, the moment to moment if you don't go with it in fresh mm-hmm. eyes, you know? So, yeah, definitely stop if you haven't seen it. So, I actually want to start a question with Kyle because um, oh. I, I know that, like, overall, like, the show seems like a pretty unique experience. Like, if you, if somebody told me, didn't, if I didn't know it was a League of Legends show, that I would have never guessed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. Just... So where where is the like League of Legends tie-in? Like, is this a certain character in here that's League of Legends based? Is there multiple? I think a lot of them are. I don't. Yes. I don't really know. So there are a handful of them. I don't think all of them are in the game necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them definitely are playable characters in League of Legends. Um, so. I don't. I guess we'll just jump into it. So at the, the first episode where you're seeing like all the kids and stuff, that from what I remember, there was only one legend who was a child, and it wasn't Powder. Okay. I can't remember her name, but she has this stuffed teddy bear, and she might not actually be a child. So the the connection doesn't start immediately necessarily because hmm. you know once Powder grows up, then the direct connection on that account is is created but i'm gonna be honest with you it's been a while since i played league of legends i probably should have looked it up but i don't remember if vander is a character in there or or v i really i'm really not certain jinx 100 percent is i think jinx is i think vi is i'm sure i don't know but i would be very surprised if vander was because he dies yeah and then there before the events of the game right yeah it has to, because I mean they're kids. Unless the League of Legends started prior, that wouldn't make much sense. I don't know. There's probably stuff we should know. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we're we're you know we're taking it from our perspective, you know. True, like, true. I did. I didn't. I was like, I could do a lot of research before, but I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's just talk about it. And you know, I have the wiki in front of me, so I can do some research while we're talking. You know, but um, yeah, you I know, wanna, I have a, I have an idea. Do you guys want to try to bet or to guess who is a character in the game and who isn't? I would guess that Jace is because he has a lot of similarities to. Ah, I can't remember his name, but there's an armored guy in League of Legends who, but I think he has a sword, which the skins kind of make it hard to distinguish whether or not he always has a sword. Mm. Um, but he had the uh, the same holotech technology esque style. Hex tech, sorry. When I say holotech, what is that from? I don't know. That's holotech. It's not a <laughs> forget. Who are you? Forget I ever said that. But. So he had a similar like aura to his moves and stuff, even though he was dressed like a knight. So it it definitely made me think of, I can't remember his name, but Jace reminded me of him. So maybe there's some connection there. I would have guessed Jace because I'm like, why would you give this man a giant hammer if he's not a playable <laughs> right character? Game, like, yeah. He is a video game character. Yeah, I, I would probably guess Jinx, Vi, and Jace, and yeah. maybe in the future echo or something like i, I was I, gonna say I, echo i could see that mm. happening um other than that i feel like mel the, the 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 black girl i imagine she's in the game like in some capacity she seems like she'd be involved in the storyline or something but i couldn't see her being a a champion you know mel you mean the girl the uh the, the politician woman. Yeah. yeah the the black woman who is yeah. jace's love interest more or less yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm looking now and it looks like Vi definitely is a champion. Sevica is a champion. I think. Silco's right hand woman. Oh, really? She's a champion. She's the, the brawler. Yeah. She's probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at list of champions right now to see if I see. The names, oh, but good luck. There's, there's how many so are there now? Many. Like oh my 200 almost, goodness. I think. Great. Is that really? Why there's so many? They like oh. Pokemon now. So like. <laughs> I thought there was like 12. I'm <laughs> I scrolling bet, down is, here. Is Caitlyn, is Caitlyn a champion? Uh, dude, oh. I, I, I could not tell you if you would see this list right now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just control yeah. F, man. It's completely overwhelming. Yeah uh spelling um so, so <laughs> yeah it looks like caitlin is yeah caitlin is uh wow huh. caitlin is one um vi does not seem to be one unless she has a different name it, what's uh, her doesn't she have a full name isn't vi short for something isn't it violet uh I think it is. real name is violet let's see i'm gonna search it uh and i think Jinx? I think I saw Jinx here. Mel's mom looked like she could be in the game. She looked like she was a champion even if she wasn't in the game. (laughs) She was the final boss of League of Legends. (laughs) What about uh, Heimerdinger? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Furby. That's what Kia Jinx Jinx is a... Furby. (laughs) (laughs) She was was mad disrespectful to those characters. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) I was too. Heimerdinger is a character. I actually yeah. thought about it because I was like, he's very like, like made in a way to be a character. Like you know, what oh, I'm saying? right? He's he looks sweet. like he's like an anime when everyone uh, they all have they all look normal except the one character with pink hair. You're like, oh, main character, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. It's like you are a main character. You're Jason Derulo. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep looking. So, so okay, 
so I guess so what did you guys think about the the way that they started the series uh with like starting because because to me like they started with the kids right mm-hmm. but it's but and, and yes they're important characters I don't know what what do you guys think about the the way that they approach the story in general like you mean a timeline just in general I mean we don't have to even start with that just what do you guys think about the mm-hmm. story you know what are, what is your take on like how how they approached it, they you know just in general. I like to hear y'all's thought about. I think story. we have to define like what happens in the story, right? What what kind of story is it? Because that's gonna sure that's gonna guide how we how they came to it. You know how they came, how they approached it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess my what, what do you mean define the story? I mean, we, we <laughs> so define me, the story for us, Steve. For me, a lot of the story <laughs> revolves around. Um, there's two things that it revolves around, maybe three, but let's stick with two. Maybe four. Is the the conflict that comes from uh, the the way of life of the undercity dwellers or mm-hmm. the Zonians and the, I guess, surface dwellers, and the conflict that's brewing there, and not just between like specific groups of people, like yeah, you're my enemy, but like really just about the the systematic unfairness of life and mm-hmm. how do you get past this how do you move how do you trust each other and stuff like that and then on the other uh, similarly i think it was about the relationship between vi and jinx and how that went up and down and stuff yeah and so given those two i guess features i would say they did a cool job of showing how of making both characters let's just say Vi and Powder for now. Um they get a great job of humanizing both characters and giving us lots of backstory for their relationship. And it didn't feel like you know, in some shows, you know, the 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 when they stopped being in each other's lives, it would have been a flashback mm-hmm. and it would have been a given, right? They don't they don't really like you as the audience, you don't really understand what happened. You just know that it happened. Uh-huh. But here I felt like I really understood, like, man, that's exactly how, you know, Vi felt when she abandoned her sister. And that's exactly how Powder felt when she tried to help and screwed up and got abandoned and got taken in. Like, I, it really felt like they were both. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say that Jinx is a protagonist because she was acting straight up evil for most of the show. But I really felt like. I understood her, you know, she felt like she was running the show when she wasn't being, uh, there was some edginess that I was like, that's a little too much. But other than that, I felt like <laughs> she was totally human. So the entire time the conflict felt very grounded and fleshed out and I couldn't even tell who I wanted to win or lose or what I wanted to happen in a situation. Mm, yeah. No, Except for, I guess, Silco. Silco, I, I was never on Silco's side. I could Even with Silco. I felt like, well, you know, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, he's just a cartoon villain. But um, when they explain kind of his, I mean, he's still a cartoon, he's still a cartoon villain, but the way that he related to people, I I could get behind that. Like the way he related to Xander. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can see how he can hate and love Xander. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even the turn for him to take on Powder, you know. As a daughter, after fi- and then finding out, or after finding out, he did have the connection to Vander, and Vander treated Powder like a daughter, like maybe. And that's one of the things that I liked about it is that 
it also gave you those opportunities to kind of fill in things yourself. Mm. So like maybe Silco was so attached to Jinx Powder because of also that connection that was severed with Vander, you know, because they were, they called each other brothers, you know. We didn't really get to see their backstory, but we knew that the stuff that happened between them was really tragic and that they didn't want to hurt each other necessarily, you know, mm. even though they were having their own power struggle in the Undercity. But I will say there's one thing that kind of bothered me about Vander. Maybe you guys can clear this up for me. Um, so I've binged the show. And so there's probably a lot of things that I just don't remember because mm-hmm. I have it hasn't really like sank in. But so V and Powder meet Vander after he is involved in like a surface level war. Right. Uh, and, no. Well, well Continue, just go go through, yeah. and then we'll correct anywhere. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, cause I'm trying to remember, because I see them, like, there's a bunch of fire, and he's, like, fighting some people. Mm-hmm. He's punching folks, and they walk over to where he is. They lock eyes, then V sees her parents on the ground dead, but we never okay. saw who exactly Vander was punching to death, and okay. so I wasn't certain if he killed their parents and then mm-hmm. took them so no. so so i mean this is so so basically the reason vander didn't want to even fight the quote-unquote police is because at some point in the time the the people from the what was the area called the the lower the undercity the undercity mm-hmm. they basically tried to do a rebellion i guess you could say um and there was conflict vander knew uh powder and vi's parents personally and they knew vander you should, you should clarify vi and powder grew up in the undercity they all knew vander to yeah. begin with they all knew him they all like they grew up as kids and so that's why vander was there and when in the beginning it just showed vander basically the aftermath basically they lost the fight vander was fighting an officer or whatever they're called and then him just saying like them seeing their parents dead essentially and then yeah, Vander took because the parents took part in the rebellion. Yeah, ah. under Vander's leadership. Under his leadership, and that's why now Vander doesn't want to go to war anymore because he got so many people killed for basically nothing. You know, um, in his opinion, at least you can say you can see that. Yeah, that makes so, a whole lot more sense to me now. Okay, because yeah. because I I was okay with what I perceived happened, but I I think I like this version better. Because <laughs> I think it's always, it's kind of an interesting thing that, well, there was a disconnect for me because I was like, wait, that guy just beat up your parents and now you're letting him carry you. And so I was like, okay, they're kids, so maybe they're naive type of thing. They didn't see him do it. But, so I was, I, mean, I was, I was accepting a lot because it was the first episode and I was already confused. So, <laughs> so but I this mean, is, this is better for me. It would be on brand because, it, you know, going back to the main narrative, like there's a lot of stories in, in the, in the show but there's a main narrative, which is Powder and Vi, right? Their sisterhood mm-hmm. and what that basically, you know, wrought. And if anything, if you think about it, their relationship is just a parallel to, you know, Silco and Vander. They were clearly maybe, I don't know if they were physical brothers, but they were brothers, you know, by, mm-hmm. for what, and their, their relationship in some level of betrayal caused them to go different directions and almost hate each other but also kind of love each other you know what i'm saying that love hate and yeah, they respected each other yeah well yeah i think it's important to note they didn't really explain it but it seems like 
the betrayal stemmed from a difference of like politics, essentially, where Vander wanted to be more uh, straight peaceful. No, no, no. I think it was the other way. I think Silco wanted to be like underground, underhandedly take over the city. Actually, actually, there's a good chance that we have no clue what their actual conflict was. Yeah, you might be right. Because it's very, very physical. I mean, to get to the point where you're in the water drowning another person, Mm -hmm. something significant had to happen. Like, difference in opinions. Okay, you do your thing, I do my thing. But something, like, because if anything, Vander could be considered the villain in that scenario. Because from Silco's perspective, he feels that he was betrayed. And Vander doesn't even go like i didn't betray you you betrayed me you know what i'm saying he's He's like yeah i tried to kill you (laughs) yeah he just he just says hey that's just what it is and i feel bad about it but i don't you know what i'm saying like maybe he knew that silco was not a good person or something but the only person who truly feels betrayed is silco and that's i think you can i think you can uh extrapolate what the conflict was based on the way that they ran the underground so Vander came out on top, and so we see him in the beginning. He runs the place pretty well. He, I, I think, I think the conflict was that maybe I was wrong at first. I think the conflict was that Silco wanted to completely secede and essentially, you know, civil war status, like be our own nation of Zon, you know, have our own freedom, do things our way. I don't think it's necessarily that he wanted to be underhanded. He just he was extreme. Whereas Silco, or not Silco, whereas Xander, Vander, was more willing to collaborate and be like, well, we'll still be part of, uh, I forget what the city is called, Piltover? Piltover. Piltover. Yeah. Uh, we'll still be part of Piltover, but we'll, we'll you know, but live with them. But wouldn't you think that is the opposite? Because Vander's first, his first, I guess, approach was to go all out war, right? Like, Well, so- I don't know if... Because it seemed, I don't know what the timeline was between their betrayal and that war. I mean, it had it was it was clearly years, maybe like a solid decade, because how much younger they were when that experience that uh, that moment happened. But at least their approach on how they thought about Piltover was one of like a pure aggression and one of like how do we like separate but do it in a way that's like like it might be bad, it might not be the way to do it. But we get our own sovereignty through diplomacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like Silco's goal was to do it through diplomacy, even if it was evil. And, like, Vander's was to do it through power in his life. Force. Yeah, you know, through force. And I wonder if there was, like, a moment where they were both trying to lead this group. And it was like, you know, they were fighting over who should win. And their opinions differed. And then they, you know... I wonder, I wonder, likelihood they'll never clarify that because now, you know, for those who haven't seen the show, they're dead, <laughs> both of them. But um, I love how you mentioned that. We're like 20 minutes into talking about you know, the plot. Hey, for those who haven't seen the show. Yeah, you know, they're dead if you didn't know. Uh, so and they did. Oopsie. But, but there's a chance that we might get a flashback on that because it might be relevant to what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, I, I don't think so. You know, because all the characters who would have been there or who knew about it or would care about it are dead it was pretty much on xander's side vander's side it was pretty much just vander and uh benzene, benzene whatever that guy's name yeah, was 
Benzo, 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 and then on the and then um, the uh, the enforcer, the woman who dies in like the second or third episode. Um, so oh cool. yeah, the captain, the one who was Marcus's. <gasps> oh oh oh, uh, the, the captain. Yeah yeah, yeah I forget her name. Commanding I've... officer. Yeah. Her name. So she probably knew stuff about it. Well, maybe I, she knew some of it. I have a I have a bet in just in general. This is a random thing. I have a feeling they're gonna do a prequel to Arcane where they follow Silco and Vander separately. I'd so be down for that. I feel I like know. they're gonna do that. I, I I to to leave so many like like unanswered questions. I feel like they're purposely doing that so you know you can see how it led to that like a prequel movies type of thing. Um, I I just nah. have, I just have a feeling. I'll take that bet. (laughs) I I might have lost Smash 2020, but I think I'll win this one. (laughs) That game still ain't come out. Still ain't came out. Um, I mean, The Witcher has a prequel coming out. You know, once it's popular enough, they got season two. Now they have a prequel. So I'm telling you, son. I'm telling. I mean, they took this show. Talking about Witcher has another series, a live action prequel series. The Witcher. Oh. Yeah, I did see the trailer for that at the end of, yeah, season, end of two. season two. But sorry, what were we going to say, Kyle? I was just saying, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility just because of where they took this show. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody I mean, would have guessed that they would just follow this singular character's path, pretty much, of like what created Jinx, if Jinx. you wanted to boil it down to like a singular narrative. I think it's what created Jinx and Vi, uh-huh. and then by proxy, Jace, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, and not and, just and, them, but the situation that's boiling over in Piltover, where people are about to go to war again, and you have hex magic, which is starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. I assume that hex tech or whatever is more prominent in the games, and so we saw the beginning of that. That's that's how it felt to me. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know I either. The game does have a lot of like aura and stuff, and a lot of it is blue. So it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that's the the because if, if you think about it, like they, you know, Heimerdinger was saying, like, "Hey, I was alive when people were like the mages or the magicians were doing mm-hmm. things, and that stuff was super evil, and they were doing like super wrong things, and that's the reason we made Piltover to get away from magicians completely and fully like be mm-hmm. about science, like the hard, you know, science instead of magic or whatever." Um, so I, I have a feeling that. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Legend, nice League of Legends, <laughs> is just like when yeah. After it's become like everybody has magic now. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a magician or whatever a mage. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because as you think about the story, as I reflect on it more now, we're talking about though narratively you would say oh the story's about the two sisters, but really the the narrative is about how one action in a moment changed everybody's path right yeah because because if you think about it vi like echo overhearing jace well it really starts with jace right because jace goes down to the undercity to buy some equipment on the low so he can do his uh magic stuff his research without anybody knowing because he knows what he's doing is not right right Mm-hmm. and echo being super smart like you know just being a kid number one i love echo he's like my favorite character um he <laughs> just tells vi now vi wanting to be like vander goes hey let's do a job yeah. with her friends Steal this and stuff 
Powder being her little sister who wants to be like Vi, follows along. And then Jinx, you know, because she's a Jinx, does one action that more or less reveals Jace's intentions, starts everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if anything, it's kind of Jace's fault, but Vi's decision to rob them and to bring Powder along is kind of like what, you know, sets everything off, you know? Um, You could say that. I mean... I, I think that's really interesting. They called her Jinx and, you know, they, what was his name? Milo was talking trash. Like, stuff always goes wrong. Right. She's when she's Jinx. there. And at the beginning, it, when it's just the one job and it's like, oh, yeah, the pebble fell out of her pocket. Like, what are the odds that would happen? That, that's not a mistake she made. She's that was just, yeah, it was, it was, it would just seem like bad luck. But then when things kept going wrong, I was like, oh, it really does feel like something about her like causes bad scenarios to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's always it's always man. against her best intentions. I think they they did they picked like really strong moments to show that because they did kind of do exposition through Milo by saying every time she comes and you know insinuating that they've done a couple of jobs where she comes with them and messes everything up. But I think I then, thought it was like, exaggerating. What'd you say? I thought he was exaggerating until it became clear that it seemed like it happens a lot. Right. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. I think they did a really good job of the way that they set up. Because they could have done like a whole montage where the shows do mm-hmm. of like really cutaways of them and missions and her like tripping whoa, over something. Yeah. With like the goofy music, the, <laughs> right. the Star Wars Cantana music. <laughs> and they took the high road on that and actually showed like a few scenarios and then quickly got to her just making the biggest oopsie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think Jinx is not really a Jinx. I think she was just a child yeah. with teenagers, right? Like if exactly. you brought a child to do anything that teenagers do, they're fundamentally <laughs> going to not do it well, right? Like they're just, you know, not going to think about certain things. Their mm-hmm. coordination is not as good. They're going to like overthink underthink and overdo you know and i and i think in many ways powder's actions through that whole series of events is one she shouldn't have been there in the first place Mm -mm. she was trying to jump across a roof i was like that little girl's gonna die she made it she made it (laughs) like she's just competent enough to stick along but okay she goes off on her own she's like oh this is cool i'm gonna take this she's taking things that really aren't relevant just things Mm -hmm. that interest her because she's a kid it's shiny and then even her actions when she's getting chased by the dude after the fight is just like, I'm a kid. I don't know what to do. He's bigger than me. He's going to steal this. I don't want him to have it. The better option is to just throw it in the water. Nobody has it. Then when they're like, you know, when everything's going down in the undercity and the soldiers are coming around, she's always the person who's about to get caught. Like she was up, I, you know, Shailene made this point. Why did they give her the most difficult place to hide, which was in the ceiling where she has to prop her body? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, like it's wrong. And in many ways, it is Vi's fault. Like she loves her sister and she wants her to be with her and Jinx wants to follow along. Right. But it's like Vi needed to make the decision as a leader that she's just not ready yet. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she needs to step back because she wasn't a Jinx. She's just a kid. And then as she got older, she just leaned into that. And then her actions were not Jinx actions. They were just bad actions because that's what she saw herself as. I'm going to just do whatever. I'm going to be chaotic. I'm going to, you know, and she also had mental illness, clearly. So, 
you know, clearly trauma. I disagree. I think, I think that was how it seemed at first. It was like, oh yeah, kids make mistakes. Kids shouldn't be doing the things that she's doing. But I think the just the absolute massive screw up, right? So she. And it's not just the fact that, like, oh, she sent a bomb. Let's talk about, like, you know, this group where she gets everyone killed. She didn't just send a bomb, which was a bad decision. She didn't just go against orders, which was a bad decision. It was, that's, that's contrasted. Like, basically, the outcome is that, you know, most of her friends die. Her father dies. And she gets, uh, well, and Vi's the only one who doesn't die, right? That's the mm-hmm. outcome. That's, like, a, almost a worst-case scenario. Compared to the scenario if she hadn't shown up, which would have been absolutely perfect. Because homie was breaking down that wall. Other homie was popping the cuffs to let Vander out. You know, Vi was fighting. Every, or the doors were locked, actually. But mm-hmm. she had been fighting. She was doing good. Like, they would have they would have escaped scot-free. Like, no issues at all. And she basically screwed up a totally clean exit in the worst way possible. Um, and so for me, I'm like, that says, that says more storytelling wise than, oh, she's just a kid and makes mistakes. It's well, like, I think well, so. I, I mean, I agree with you. It's like totally narratively, like it's the perfect moment to show how much of a screw up she is. But I think yeah. fundamentally it's because she's a kid with nobody to like, like think about the moment, like me and my Shailene, me and Shailene were talking about this. Like the moment before she takes those actions, she's tripping. Like she's oh, yeah, not bro. like, yeah. she's not like. Oh, I'm like she's having a mental meltdown. Meltdown. She's having a meltdown. She hasn't had the parenting or the guidance or anything. So, like for her as a child who's clearly way smarter than most children, right? Like her and Echo are clearly like above and beyond all the other people. (laughs) Oh yeah, under whatever. And she's in a moment where she's dealing with. Oh, she's a mess up. She's the reason. Like, she's thinking she's the reason that all this is happening. And she was by herself. And she's by herself and there's nobody. And she's a kid. (laughs) And she's like, I want to help. I want to help. And that's her her mentality, right? And she's smart enough to know, oh, this thing is what made it blow up. Like, let me go help. And yeah, I totally feel you, Steve. I totally feel you. But I, I just really feel like in any other scenario, any other like she wouldn't be a jinx she'd just be a stupid little kid <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it, it and it was definitely monumental like i totally feel you but i think i don't think she's fundamentally a jinx i just think that she's a jinx because she was out of her depth if that makes sense which made it mm. kind of weird to me that silco called her jinx you know because Vi was the only one that called her Jinx when she was younger. Other than Milo, you know, teasing her. But, like, when Vi said it, you really are a Jinx, is when it got solidified to Powder. So, I'm curious about if Powder said that that was her name and that's the persona she took on whenever she realized that the switch happened. Because, to the point earlier, I don't, I forgot who made it, but she she was more chaotic than she was a Jinx in her adulthood if you will because she didn't super because she didn't make mistakes necessarily like she decided to cause destruction and then whenever she went on one of her fits stuff happened but it was it still wasn't necessarily mistakes she was just really erratic and so it was bad stuff happening but still somewhat intentional versus like 
she's trying to shoot everybody, but then her gun jams because she has really bad luck or something. You know, that's a bad example, but it's like that's fair. Yeah. something outside of her, I think, is what would cause the bad luck if but she was got, truly jinxed. You know, I, I definitely feel Steve, though, because it's kind of like, well, well, no, yeah, I definitely think that she named herself that. I think that's totally like, my name is Jinx yeah. because everybody says I'm a Jinx. She's a kid, mm-hmm. and Silco doesn't seem like the type of parent to go, well, maybe we should call you something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on, on the other hand, I think Silco probably like actively encouraged it because he was all about like, oh, deny, like, like yeah, like forget yeah, your all about em- embracing, embracing like who you are. Oh yeah, you're perfect as you are. Like you know, we'll show them. And if they say you're a jinx, then you'll be a jinx, and that's that's just the way I like you, baby. You know, like yeah, I, mean, uh, I think he encouraged that. Yeah, I think it's like an interesting thing because it's like she's a jinx because she it's almost like she has too much, like she has too much power <laughs> and not enough responsibility. <laughs> yeah, or experience for <laughs> like, liability. Yeah, like she's a giant liability. She's so smart. She's so strong. She's quick thinking. You know, she's doing all these things, but it's like she's just the wrong person to have those skills you know that's that's kind of what i was getting at not necessarily that it's like supernatural or outside of herself just that in relation to other well from the perspective of the people she's trying to help she's not helpful yeah oh even before she well i don't know the you know the people who worked for silco were all complaining about about her. her yeah yeah they're like whether it's on purpose or not but and it it, it really became a thing because she was almost like it's kind of like if okay let's let's take somebody like john wick right um john wick is a beast in in his job is like an assassin now if john wick was man number two under some villain like you can't and the villain is never going to be as good as john wick you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so you as the villain are like the only way that i can keep john wick on my side is to kind of emotionally and like manipulate him or use loyalty to manipulate him because the moment he goes rogue it's over right nobody can stop so i think silco was definitely smart in everything he did right because he was like yo i've created a problem that i can't get rid of right and (laughs) also survivor man (laughs) yes and and silco is also he i i you know me and shiley were talking about like silco is more or less the um what's his name Finger snap and half the people go away. Thanos. Thanos? Thanos. Because <laughs> if you think about his relationship, Thanos' relationship with Gamora, it's like Silco's oh. relationship with Jinx. Like, Wow. You like just Gam- made that Marvel parallel, didn't you? Hey. I don't know. No, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose it, and you can definitely shoot it out. But think about this. Gamora was not Thanos' child by ch- like choice, in a sense. Like She didn't choose to be his child. She was kind of forced into that scenario, right? differently jinx kind of like owned it because she had nowhere to go right over time you know uh gamora like resents thanos but thanos always loves gamora even if it's to his detriment and to you know and he loves his daughter and i feel like silko's the same thing like he came to love jinx even though he kind of knew it was his detriment because i think fundamentally he knew if i got rid of jinx and i've at this point, I'd be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jinx has gotten him to where he is, but he doesn't need her anymore. But he kind of acted, instead of the way that he normally acted, which is very calculated and very mm-hmm. intellectually, with Jinx, it was always, like, emotional. You know what I'm saying? And I think the same thing with Thanos. There's many times where he could have just obliterated <laughs> Gamora, but he just kind of, like, 
Uh, I mean, you know, like, he did the one time. I mean, he did it when he needed what he needed, right? I think they differ a little bit in the sense that Thanos was a lot more mission oriented. Sure. But yeah, you know, he, I really just mean the parallel in the love in the love. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a, one of the, the key ways that they kind of tend to humanize, especially male villains, is like with a daughter figure, um, because like that emotional bond and that that loyalty is because even if you think like to, I mean, maybe that he treated her like a love interest, but even like the Joker and Harley Quinn had a similar vibe where it's like he's chaotic, mm-hmm. but he loves this this girl type of thing, mm-hmm. and so I think. Like the, that emotional attachment that that these guys build with their hench woman is like it's kind it's kind of a common trope. Now that you mentioned it, because I didn't I didn't I didn't think about that. Kind of to ground them and to give them, or to give them some not I don't want to say meaning or purpose, but something that drives them a little bit beyond just purely their purpose, you know, um, or to make humanize them. I think you said it perfectly. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. He he wasn't willing to give her up for anything. Actually, you know, we did, we never see him follow through on his decision to not give her up at the end of the show. He just says, "I would never have given you up." Right. And so, so I'm, I'm willing to believe him. So let me ask you this: like, that's a good question. Do you think from from the actions you can think of, Silco was Silco a deceiver? Like, did he lie to people? He always seemed pretty straightforward, in my opinion. I don't know. What did y'all do y'all think he would have like? Yeah, I have to agree. I think he's pretty yeah. straightforward. He was honest but manipulative. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he mm-hmm. he didn't like trick that kid into taking the shimmer potion in the first episode or the second episode. Mm-hmm. He basically said, "Here's this potion. Here's what it's going to do to you. Yeah. He did Here's why you should take him. it. You know, said you want to stay weak, like as if he you know would have killed him if he wasn't going to take it. So he was insinuating a lot of things, but." Well, no, no, it wasn't a threat. It was like, you just got beat up by these girls. Do you want to stay weak? Mm, that right? too, yeah. Like, and the kid, what was his reaction? He like basically just wipes his mouth and downs it. Like He's not like scared. He's not like, okay. He's like, yeah, you're right. Let me do that, Jock. You know, Silco, <laughs> I mean, he did deceive one point in the show, which was the moment where uh, the, the, the police officer chief gets killed um and uh you know I almost called the man bug snacks <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about <laughs> the dude sells the wares uh, echoes basic dad like echoes dad oh benzo. benzo oh um like he 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 did do some betrayal like in certain moments oh he he lied to marcus yeah but he never did it to his his people like if you right, were his right. people like even with the like the perfect example yeah like you mentioned with the kid like the kid was about to probably get murdered right but then he gave him information that was helpful and he said oh that was good information no i'm not gonna kill you cool you know but <laughs> like like he's he's pretty straightforward with his people but like when you're outside of his team you know he he might be a little bit slippery you know what i'm saying i mean but who's not true I've been known to be slippery to my enemies. Yes, I've seen you in that green that green suit. You look very slippery. <laughs> oh it's actually God. not. It's very grippy. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, really, it's really unpleasant when it gets wet. You basically it's made out of like a lizard. Like you just climb on <laughs> <laughs> I have to cut off my, my leg if you catch me. Oh no. <laughs> so so let me so let me ask you guys a little bit about vibe, because we talked a lot about jinx, but like 
personally, and, and me and Shailene were kind of talking about this, like, I feel like Vi kind of is the, like, at fault for, like, a lot of the stuff that preceded, like, the She's moment. She's at the center of it, for sure. Yeah, like, she was old enough to know better, but she was, like, doing things that I feel like was just, I don't know. I feel like Vi was supposed to be, like, the good guy in this show. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was, mm. like, oh, like, you know, I grew up a kid. I just was, like, in the hood, you know, just doing what I got to do. They put me in jail on false charges. I love my sister, and I want to take her back. And, you know, it wasn't her fault that she couldn't reach Jinx because she was in jail, which mm-hmm. probably happened because of Silco. Silco probably told Marcus or whatever to put her in jail. No, he told, he told Marcus to kill her, and Marcus just said, I'm not going to kill her. I'll put oh, her in jail. okay, okay. I might have missed that. That was the big deceit. That was big deceit. That's why he thought so, she was dead. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, That's yeah, why. I forgot exactly. about that. Yeah. So, yeah, when Jinx is like, you lied to me. And he's like, I didn't lie to you. I really thought I she really was thought dead. She Mar- was Marcus dead. lied to oh, us. Wow. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so like, it, it really feels like Vi's only mistake was bringing powder on that mission. And then, of course, she's a teenager, so you kill her dad. She's just going to say things. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get her killed. Yeah, that situation was awful. I don't know what I would... Man, I, like... If uh, if if Keisha leaves a door open and I walk into it because I wasn't looking, I'll be like, why'd you leave that door open? Like, I'm I'm mad and I have, I'm in pain. But it's not reasonable to be mad at her. Like, who, do, who wouldn't leave a door open? That's stupid. Uh... But I totally get, like, the frustration and anger and the loss that she must be feeling. It's like, all because you set up the stupid bomb. In the moment. Even though it didn't seem totally unreasonable. But it was kind of building up, too. Because, so Vander warned Vi about how she was in a leadership role with all these kids. And, like, anything they said, anything you tell them to do, they'll do. And so she had that pressure. And then she had Milo saying... Every time your sister comes, something goes wrong, and she wouldn't handle that. And then, yeah. and then Powder would come along and like almost die or almost kill them or get something really wrong, and she would never say anything. And so I think it was just like once it got to the point to where there were like tremendous repercussions, it was just a breaking point. Like yeah. in the same way that Powder's mind broke that day, I think Vi's did, but they just didn't show it. Yeah, she was overwhelmed by that 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 moment where she faltered as a leader when she should have done the right thing i i really liked vander's talk with vi when he, yeah. he said that he's like look man they will do whatever you tell them to do so you need Everything. to think about them and you know he made his own mistakes and he was really trying to like be better like you know vander is kind of like a sad story because he was trying to be better but like legitimately it was just the circumstances and his mistakes in the past his making the enemy of silco like there was just so much that couldn't he, get out you know he was kind of cursed and and to see vi like vi finally probably made the right decision to tell powder to stay home on that mission but because at that moment powder felt like a lot of it was her fault and she felt like she needed to fix it and mm-hmm. you know like she felt like oh i'm the one who messed everything up i'm a jinx i want to make things better and and and, 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 and if that kind of like you said steve like in that moment all your friends are dead your f- dad's dead you're in pain and you see your little sister who you told stay home, who, you know, in your heart was trying to do the right thing. Right. But you're in your emotions. Yeah. You call her a jinx. Yeah. You say those things, but you don't mean it in that way. You know, like right. you just, yeah. 
but she's a little girl. She's impressionable. And I and I just think about and this is just kind of a side tangent. God willing, I ever have kids like I have to really fight when they're trying to do the right thing, but they do something wrong to love them and not to like it purely admonish them, like love them in the moment and admonish them later, like do it like backwards, like. You tried to do the right thing. Like, I, there's this commercial where these kids were like, Daddy, I'm washing your car, right? And he comes outside like, oh, that's so great. And all the windows are down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they're washing yeah. inside the car. And to be dead honest, that was the greatest lesson I've ever learned. Because the dad looked at them. And you could see him make the decision. He said, you know what? Thank you guys for washing the car. I'm going to take it over here from here. I love how clean it looks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But later, you know, and they're little kids, like four, five, six, seven. He's going to talk to them later. Hey, guys, when you wash my car, you know what I'm saying? Like, but my mindset is like, what are you kids doing? Da, da, da. But all that's teaching them is don't do anything good for daddy. Mm. You know, never yeah. serve. And, and she's a teenager, so she doesn't have the insight. But I thought that was just a very interesting moment, you know. I still remember... Like the one time, maybe probably not the one time, but I still remember one time my dad like swore at me. Ooh. My dad was a pretty like gentle guy, mm-hmm. uh, but we were, I don't think he swore at me. I think he just swore like in front of me out of anger, but like we were at the beach and I think a wave like knocked his glass, his sunglasses off and they, you know, vanished into the deep. Oh no. Oh, no. And I think, I think it was my fault for some reason. And he got mad at me for a split second. And I remember that like, oh yeah, it sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. I, he he was never like that. He wasn't like abusive or anything. Um, but he, uh, I remember that. I remember that more than like the actual spankings I got from him when I messed up. Right. Because moments um, like that so are more visceral. Yeah, that was real. Um, I've also. It's funny you bring up a car. I had a car situation. I had a friend. <laughs> I was staying over at his house. It was snowing, and he had to get up early to leave to go to work or something, and so. He texts me, you know, I was still sleeping. He texts me, he's like, hey, man, I'm de-icing your car, too. I'm like, oh, man, I really appreciate that. Thanks. I get outside later, and I realize that he he had taken his de-icing, whatever, the, the scraper, and had scraped the entire surface of my car. Oh. Not just, not just the windows. And I have a dark-colored car. So, like, essentially, I used to have a car with this beautiful sheen, and since then, it's just been dull oh. because he, and he scraped the, the entire surface. on the top of your car came from, huh? Probably, yeah. Wow. And he yeah, meant so well. He meant well. And it wasn't, I, I had a text on like, hey, I, I don't remember what the tone I took, but that was the exact like battle I was fighting. And if he had been there in the moment, I probably would have been harsher to him. Thankfully, I had to, I had to talk to him remotely. So I, I don't know if I took advantage, but I had some time to like collect myself. I think that's a theme that's like throughout the show is that good intentions don't necessarily mean you need to do whatever you're trying to do. Because like, I think there's a parallel between like Jace and powder because they were both messing with technology and stuff that they didn't really understand because they were trying to make things better for the people around them and stuff. And so for Jace to have against the advice of others, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Jace had, you know, the direct advice of Heim, Heim, Heimerdinger, mm-hmm. what's his name? Yeah, the Furby. The Furby, you know, saying, I have experience with this. It's too dangerous. Also, somebody in his other ear saying, 
oh, think of the possibilities. But then, like, Jinx was just, she had, like, a different set of, like, inputs or feedback. She was like, none of of my stuff, none of your stuff ever works. Or when it does work, it messes everything up. And so it's like, you know, that, and then both of them that just having this desire, like, like what Brad said earlier, they're just smarter than everyone else around them. And to not do this thing probably would drive them even more crazy than getting all this rejection does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting because yeah, I, like thinking about Jace and Victor, because Jace and Victor became, you know, basically best friends, right? From mm-hmm. that scenario. Jace, essentially Victor saved Jace's life after that yeah. moment. Cause he was, you know, about to, you know, jump off the building. Sorry. I really appreciate that they remain good friends because I thought they were gonna. I thought there would be conflict of them like being driven apart and becoming enemies, right? Like Vi and Powder, but they, that doesn't happen. I'm like, thank God, I couldn't. So, 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 it's... so I think something <laughs> like that happens. We can talk about yeah. it, but you know, it's like yeah. it's. I like, yeah, like they didn't become enemies by like some moment where they separated and then fought. It was more of like they started having different goals. You know, uh-huh. what I'm saying? you know, and then going down different routes. But it's interesting because But they came back together at the end. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like it didn't keep they didn't keep diverging. They eventually came back around and got on the same page. Because they had the same heart. They always like Jace yeah. Jace kind of lost his way maybe more than Victor. It's interesting. They both lost their way. They both lost their way. Yeah. But it's like they never lost what they wanted to do but they didn't know how to achieve it and they saw things happening around them and they were responding to it so they're a little reactive but they kind of knew like this is wrong you know this is not the way i should go and they're you know what i'm saying they're treading and, and it's interesting because like i think heimerdinger and victor like jace needed them both but he needed mm-hmm. them like in one person like mm-hmm. because heimerdinger's problem was he was he had the benefit of, he said, like, I've lived forever. So he, in general, is a lot more patient. Like, oh, we we don't, no, let's not do this, da-da-da, you know, we get 100 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Time, time, time. Time, time, time. But he never was able to get the perspective that, like, other people don't feel that, like, like they can just take their time. So he kind of, fundamentally, his, his go-to is to shut you down, Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good idea, little child. Like, and he always kind of talked down to you. Mm-hmm. So you he kinda... called everyone my child or my son or whatever. Yeah. So you kind of felt like, come on, Heimerdinger. While Victor was like, hey, let's go for it. Like, and Victor had the opposite where he knew his time was short. Right. So he said, we got to do it now. Because if we don't do it now, I'll never get a chance. You know what I'm saying? So like, like. Jace had literally both sides of the spectrum, a man or a creature who lived hundreds of years and a man who lived maybe 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? So Jace was in this weird place where he's like, I don't have the tools to do everything and I want to do the right thing. You know, and he first was kind of like, you could see him like he would listen to Victor sometimes. He'd listen to Heimerdinger. He'd go back and Mm -hmm. forth. And then the moment that counted where he was like trying to make that decision and Heimerdinger, instead of like Heimerdinger being like, hey, maybe we could approach this differently, like he just went for the, yeah. the power move, right? To sideline him. It's very interesting, like all these characters. Right. And, and how, if they had the right influences, maybe the story would be different, you know? I, I feel like Heimerdinger is such an interesting, or kind of a weird, he kind of sticks out in the show because I'm like, yeah, he's super old and he's super conservative. 
and like, you know, willing patience is a good way to put it. But it also seemed like he lacked wisdom because yeah, he he lacked a lot of deftness in dealing with Jason Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really felt like he didn't know what he was doing and he made a lot of obvious mistakes. Or maybe that's just the work of Mel, right? Because she was pretty uh, cunning. Yeah, she was involved. And she definitely was like actively trying to undermine the advice that Heimerdinger was giving. Not, I thought she was evil. I guess she's just it you know, seemed self-interested like it at first. But she yeah. had a change yeah. of heart. Yeah, toward the end, right? Yeah, I think she was just self-interested and was was willing to like. She was self-interested and she was unwise. But you kind of find you, know, you kind of understand, I guess, the motive behind her attitude when her yeah. mom shows up. Her mo- oh man! Yeah, exactly. Mom. All this exactly. time she's been trying to prove herself to her mom. Yeah, and prepare herself and like make a make a a place for herself. But yeah, it it felt like he could have explained things a lot better and maybe convinced Jason Victor to chill out. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I felt like that hex core that he made was obviously evil almost from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Runes all over it. Well, I, I don't know if yeah. it was obviously evil. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't know what you're messing with. Once it changed form, I was like, okay. Like, oh, yeah. Right, right, right. We need right. to not mess with it. But when it was like just the pure like hex kind of let me ex- let me rephrase it wasn't obviously evil but i was thinking the whole time like is this thing sentient it seems kind of evil <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's and then it got goopy and i'm like oh it's a Yo, problem <laughs> you know I, I i think heimerdinger so so it's interesting because i don't really remember this much you know maybe i'll go back and watch it again but like heimerdinger was talking about the the foundation uh the building of piltover right you know, Piltover was made to be a kind of like a safe place from the refuge, the refuge. Right. And they were talking about the guy who helped to build it with him. And it's interesting that like Heimerdinger is clearly like the OG. He's been around forever, but like even Heimerdinger kind of realized, like, I'm not the guy who made Piltover Piltover. It was this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe I don't remember that. It it was the statue of that like scientist who kind of looked like a mad scientist. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was did, definitely yeah. kind of like, they treated it like a throwaway moment. So it, I could, it was easy to miss, but it yeah, was very, it was huge yeah. though. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, like I kind of zoned out in that moment, but like thinking about it, like I remember like him really talking about like the core principles of Piltover. And one thing that like kind of stood out for me as, as you were mentioning, uh, Steve, is that yeah, like Heimerdinger seems not to be able to understand humans or non whatever he is type of non furbies non furbies <laughs> because his perspective seems to be like 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 you kind of said like he like he belittles everybody but he doesn't come back and say like hey i really understand where you're coming from like he mm-hmm. never empathizes never like right he's very right. high level scientist like he's a true scientist like What's the what's the impact of this research and how does it benefit us in the long in the long term? Facts. Right? You know, the facts. And I think that like Heimerdinger's actual release from the council is kind of his like story arc changing moment where he's starting to have to empathize because he didn't even realize how bad the under oh and the under yeah, yeah he finally right. went and he was like oh snap i can't even stay here i need to go because the hood is the hood <laughs> you know <laughs> um and in, in in his mind he started to realize that he even 
he even saw the humans as disposable. Like, who cares about what's happening in the Undercity as long as Piltover is prosperous, right? And him, as long as there's peace and there's peace and, and there's no safety. mad and safety, yeah. like yeah, at yeah, what yeah. cost? It doesn't matter, you know. And, and it I, seemed like, mm-hmm. oh, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, and I think his relationship with Echo is gonna be the kind of where you see him change. But yeah, what were you saying, Cal? Yeah, and so I, I think, like you were saying, when he was removed from the council, it's like finally his eyes were opened because even though he'd been alive for for hundreds of years he still had such a narrow way of looking at things. Like when he found Echo's hoverboard, the first thing he did was criticize it and say it wasn't made properly for the conditions he was used to. Yeah. So Echo was like, no, it's built for somewhere else. Like this is something you've never experienced in your hundred years of of living. Good point. And so then like for him to be astonished by everything they were able to create in the Undercity 2, because that was a recurring thing is that people from... The upper city, whenever they did go down there, everybody had like the same reaction. I didn't realize it was this bad. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess the people that did come from the Undercity, like even the kids, like if you just saw them, of course their, their clothes were dirty, but you know, they didn't, they didn't really give off the idea that it was the slums. Yeah. Especially after uh, Silico had his way and flooded the place with, uh, with Shimmer. Right. Oh, that was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, that that like that uh, man, that area where the area, like that giant crack, crack in. Oh my goodness, yeah, man, bro, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was. At first, I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, "Why are these people weird? Like, what's going on here?" And you know, as it progressed, I was like, "Yo, this is literally the crack e- epidemic." Like, it was. This, this is just where they put all the crackheads, and then Silco mm. would just use them to his benefit. He'd come down there, here's some crack, do what I want you to do. And they were just so Jones and, you know. Yeah, um, they had the crackhead strength. Yeah, they literally did. <laughs> that crackhead strength. You know, oh my gosh. You know what's so interesting about Heimerdinger? He reminds me of a story, a personal story. Um, when I was in high school, so I, I think I've told you guys this, but um, the school district that I was in didn't have the program that um, my parents wanted me and my siblings to be in. So we had to go to another school district. And that school district was an hour away by car drive. So it was two hours by bus drive. um, One way, right? So from fourth grade until I graduated from high school, I rode a bus across Atlanta to go to a school that had programs that were, you know, better, higher education. They called it the magnet program, high achiever. Um, And I had to have a minimum GPA. I always had to have more than 3.0. And basically what they called it. (laughs) So there's a program that preceded it called M&M, which is called Minority to Majority. Right. Hmm. And the whole goal is to take minorities and put them in better opportunities with the majority. Right. Wow. we used to call it "Bussing Black People Cross Atlanta" program, <laughs> right? Because it was just a, it was just buses of black kids getting sent to areas where there was no, you know, didn't have as much representation. So anyway, such an interesting moment. I'm in my senior year, no, my eleventh grade or senior year of co- of high school, senior year, and I had a teacher who taught AP calculus, and she was known to be a head busser. Right. She did not play. Our homework was super intense. Everything that we did was intense. And I was struggling in the class, to be honest. Right. But I was doing enough to get by. And but she was also known for having like a 95 percent 
pass failure rate, rate on the AP exam. Oh, pass rate. On the AP exam. When I say 95%. <laughs> high school, Kyle. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> 95% people who took her class got a 5 or the highest score on the AP exam. So she, That's oh, insane. Yeah. So, like, she had a regimen. She knew what she was doing. So, you know, toward the end of uh, the year coming to AP exams, she started to give us this uh, program, this regimen to get us prepared for the AP exam. So what we'd have to do is go to the school and we had to get there at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to um, take these tests or exams. Right. Or, or it would have to be at the beginning of the school day. Like so like maybe 730 or something like that. Now, remember, me and all my friends who look like me have to take a bus, two buses to get to that school. Mm-hmm. I got up every morning from fourth to senior year at 5 a.m. in the morning, 4.45, to catch my bus at 5.30 to get to school. But because you're traveling across a giant city, we were late a lot to school, right? Like, we'd be sprinting in the hallways so we don't get a, a demerit, you know what I'm saying, getting written up, wow. right? So this is just our normal life. We don't think nothing of it, right? So we keep showing up late to do her practice tests, right? Oh, wow. Like the practice tests are at like 7.30. We always show up at 7.45. Me and all the other kids who are of color. But most of the class, uh, I mean, the class was pretty diverse, but most of the class was like, you know, majority and not that many people, black people. Let's be real, right? So one day, and this was so incredible. This is her Heimerdinger moment. She said, she's yelling at us for being late. She's like, y'all are always late. You guys don't care about this AP exam. You guys are da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, somebody's like, we aren't doing anything. We just get on the bus and we come here. And she's like, you guys can do better. You guys can do better. And mm. she's like, you guys aren't getting up early enough to get here. And, like, I'm like, I get up at 5 a.m. She's like, 5 a.m.? How are you still late? And then we start to explain to her that we ride this bus. And, and she's been doing this program for years my brother is five years older than me and took her class right oh my gosh and she was like you guys get up at 5 a.m and take two buses to get here no idea we're like yeah like everybody asked and she says wait everybody she's like yeah and we were like yeah all of us of course all of the black students and she was like oh my goodness (laughs) like like she was just taken back like wow and i really felt like that's what happens a lot, right? Like, we don't know what other people are going through, and we just get this idea in our head. And funny thing is, she didn't change, <laughs> like, oh. our, our scheduling. But she had a lot more grace to on us when we came late, right? But think about this. She's been in that role for, like, 10 years, and she's been destroying all these students who mm. are coming from my situation, having no clue. And it wasn't until one day somebody said, hey, we get up at 5 a.m. to get here. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, sorry for the super long story, but I feel like that's they're even showing that side of things, how like it's easy when you start to get away from difficult situations to forget Mm -hmm. like what other people are going through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And And here's the thing, right? That's a very human and a very understandable mistake to make. And I feel like that's like the show is like a tragedy of errors Mm -hmm. because aside from a few specific like villainous actions, most people are just trying to do more or less the best that they know how. Mm-hmm. And they're not perfect. And even people like Heimerdinger just make mistakes because of, not because of a, a character flaw, 
or, you know, selfishness or something, but just because uh, they don't know better. Yeah, ignorance almost. You know, even, even with Powder, like, she was just trying to save people. She didn't, you know, when she made that huge screw-up, she didn't know. Uh, well, maybe she shouldn't have put three of those little pebbles in her little bomb. But no, uh, I one. think one would have been... She only had one. No, she had she had two inside the can, the and neck. then one one between the uh, the clapper. Yeah. Wait, I thought it was only one on the clapper, and it was just a little. It was loaded ball. down yeah, with those she, pebbles. She tossed two inside of it as well. Oh no wonder it blew up so hard! Oh wow. yeah! Wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. That. She she. So other than that, that was probably a, a, that was I would say that's a stupid mistake. But she's um, a child. She knows no better. Anyway, yeah, she's a child. But other than that, like, who wouldn't be like you know my friends aren't back yet. I want to help. Let me go see if I can help. And then you show up and you look in the window and you see your sister fighting and they're mm-hmm. cornered in a room. Fighting a Hulk. Like, fighting a Hulk. Like, yeah, I'm going to try to help. That was a reasonable thing to do, mm-hmm. I think, in her situation. Under the circumstances, for sure. It just, you know, Yo, screwed up. Let's talk about the tragedy of Jace and Vi attacking the sl- the sh- Shimmer facility. Oh, and, I was thinking of that, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a tragedy of, of yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did y'all think about that scene, that whole moment? First, I thought it was kind of silly that this man goes from "I'm a scientist" to <laughs> "I'm about to break some heads." Yo, that dude was so swole, though. You seen him when he was in the the factory? When he was, that he man was. was. Yeah, that's that's the fair. Why was, was he fair. swole, though? <laughs> I mean, being swole is one thing, but he was like, what? Well, well, he had like fighting instincts. Did you saw he what he was folks. doing in the in the factory. This man was like bench pressing, like straight up nine hundred pounds to get like, the forge going. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, that don't man. make you fast. That dude was fast. <laughs> he was fast. Hey, he man, was fast. He, he, he was know. like dodging attacks and you stuff. You never know, man. He might have been dodging hot oil or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's never had a spark land on him. He <laughs> dodges like, all the stuff. I use my killer instincts to dodge sparks. <laughs> yeah, when we saw that scene with him in the forge, me and Kiyos were like, oh, no wonder she was into him. Yes. That's why same, she... Uh, same, yeah. same. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. she seen that body through that shirt. <laughs> she was like, yeah. yo, I need me some Jace. <laughs> no, Tall drink hard, of that. So. <laughs> but sorry. But uh, no, that, that whole yeah, situation that was... Was super tragic despite despite the silliness, but I felt like I don't know. I almost feel like it was it was played up to be more sad because of who died in the situation. Like the possibility was, it seemed kind of unreasonable to me that you know we had this prior scene where Silco's talking to all the you know the the higher ups in the undercity, and then in this scene, one of oh, their kids mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like there was there was five hundred kids working in that mine, and there was one kid standing up there by himself, and it happened to be one of five people who were in that room's kids. Well, I don't think the fact that it was those one of those kids, like I don't think the child of that woman, is what made it matter. I think in the moment you're just like, oh, he killed a kid. Yeah, I definitely that definitely is what hit me, but I think it yeah. kind of sullied it that it happened to be. That woman's kid. Yeah, and well, it did. Well, well, my thinking was like, if you're the, if you're one of the, like, you know, leader, leader lords of this underground feudal system, why is your kid working in a sweatshop? Well, check this out. Check this out. Actually, it kind of makes sense. And they did. I think they did a good job with this because think about when they came into the factory, right? And all the people are standing around. Who's the kid that went and pressed the alarm? It was, it was that. It was him. And who is the kid who's probably the most trying to be engaged? 
and gets killed because he's too close to the fight. It's that kid. And the and I feel like, you know, I'm I'm inferring a lot of things. This is my personal mm-hmm. opinion. That that kid would probably do that because his mom is somebody and he wants to be like his mom, right? And, sure. and I'm pretty sure his mom put him in there so he'd know the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like that's probably So he was running the place, that's why or at he, least had some sort he of He was the kid in charge. Yeah, like yeah. he was trying to be like his mom, like a a, a big hitter and that's my feeling. At least. Something I mean, happens, but I feel you. I feel you. You press the button, you know. I granted, yeah. From his perspective, I could totally see why his character, which you know we don't hear, we don't really see much of his motivation, but I can see why he would be there. But I don't know why his mom would let him be there, or why Silka <laughs> would want him to be there. Yeah, holistically, it seems like a bad idea. But I, I understand yeah. they weren't making a lot of good decisions anyway. So maybe, I, maybe just fit the. I guess it the de- mold. I guess it depends on, like, the labor. I kind of took it as, like, oh, it's child labor. Mm-hmm. So why is a quit kid in the sweatshop? But maybe it was just easy labor and it wasn't, like, really looked down upon. Yes, I think it's, like, you know, like, in, in certain places in the country, you use, you use kids to transfer, transfer the dough, right? The drugs, the dope. Because if they get caught with it, they're not going to get a long charge. You know, yeah. they might go to juvie, they might get in lockup for a little bit, but the kids. So you can't really do they're much. They're just doing what they were told. They're what they're told. Okay. So there's a lot more leniency on a kid who's like eight or ten or twelve. Um, so that's and they all were. And and you know, and also you get a little bit of money in your pocket, you know, for you know, moving Bubble the gum. You know, for moving the for, for, move, for baseball. Like, hey, cards. I'll give you I'll give you twenty dollars to go give this to that guy over there. Oh, you wanna get more? Just keep doing that. Every time, come over here around 3 o'clock, and I got you on $20. Yeah, little I mean, kid. Echo had a job. Yeah. every Everybody, look, you're a kid. You know, you're, you're down. I'll do it. I want to be like my I dad. I mean, I'm sure, my I'm sure there were probably more kids working yeah. during this, the, the shimmer epidemic. Yeah, they showed a lot of kids in that little factory, you know. It was tons. That's what I was saying. I thought I felt like it was probably, like, desperate kids who have to work. Mm. So that's why I was so, like surprised that it was I can see what you're saying. a high up yeah kid. like why the high up kid but you know uh, unless they should have done Who a better knows? job of like giving him like a a different color shirt so he seems like he's you know the boss <laughs> of the kids so like or just show him before that moment kids. or something <laughs> yeah. it was just so little like the payoff I, I guess it, it to me it just seemed like it was meant to be a bigger moment besides you know jay spick and his huge mistake his first outing starting a war killing a child that's yeah, all of that is like enough. So like the payoff of understanding that it's somebody I don't know, to me it just didn't hit. Yeah, I felt like that was I don't I they could have totally done without that detail. And as far as Jace is concerned, they did. Like he never he doesn't know or True. care whose child it was. It was just a child. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't I never connected the realization that it was her kid. To like what happened, and, 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 I was just and, like, that's a weird. And if you though. think about it from a narrative sense, I, I, like I agree with you guys. The more I think about it, it was kind of a weak decision because there they use that as an impetus for the the dude with the metal jaw, right? To kind of get oh, old girl to kind of rebel on Silka, Betray. blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But it wasn't what I thought it'd be used for. Is impetus to get the people in the undercity to to raise up, rebel, yeah. Them. You know, but I guess the Undercity is so like, ah, it's just another kid. You know what I'm saying? We just maybe that's what Lockjaw was gonna do. Was gonna? Hmm. It's, I, I don't remember his conversation with Silco before he it, was. It, it seemed like it was his name Lockjaw for real. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's right though. Like my name's Lockjaw. He, uh, his name was Finn. 
Really? I prefer Lockjaw. Yeah, I'm getting... You guys got to stay on these details, man. Why don't you? I'm going to call him Lockjaw. Lockjaw. When do they say his <laughs> name? <laughs> so much better. We just called a boy. Lockjaw. I think the fact that his name was Finn was so like goofy that it just stood out to me. <laughs> oh, like oh, the guy with the lower jaw made of gold is named Finn. <laughs> I know a guy named Finn. He's That's hilarious. He's like, yeah, just call me Chris. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like every... this is like. Silco's He's cool like name. the leader of the Tokyo G- Drift Division. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Finn. 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 Oh. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, you know it's funny. Like I was like Shailene. Like sh- Finn is my favorite character. I thought he was hilarious to me because he's so stupid. And he, he just, was. And he just with his jaw. So he must have been missing the jaw. And he had all those tattoos. But he also was like, you know, trying to be a big bad guy. But I was just like, yo, Silco is not playing games. Like Mm-mm. when Silco no, came really in, wasn't. yo. To me, against the moment of the show, when Silco... When they closed the door yo, when he came into the meeting, right? I guess. And he just came in, and he was like, let me remind you of what I've done for you. <laughs> yo, that was such a flex. That was, it was such right. a flex. He's like, the gas is coming out. Number one, his lackey or whatever. What's her name again? Uh, the girl with the... Sevika. Uh, Sevika. 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 She had I to put know. a mask on. She did. But Silco was, he Silco was like... You know how raw I am? I'm in these streets. <laughs> like, like to me, that was the flex. Like, most other villains would have had a mask on. But uh-huh. Silco's like, I'm about this life, cuz. <laughs> like, this man's been holding his breath since Vander tried to drown him. <laughs> like, I, I breathe this stuff every day. Every I am day. unshooketh. Look at you. You are gasping for air. Yeah. And I, like, standing above you, no mask. He he took a little whiff like ha ha like I'm gonna take it just to clown on you and he's like I don't mm-hmm. even need this yeah. I was like yo to me that's where Silco became like top level top top five right. gangster yeah. moments <laughs> that was stupid. oh so I have a question about Silco something else that I missed his eye did they yes. explain no that to me this sort is of? why they're gonna have another series there's so many things they never explain why his face was like that or his eye or what was going on with that at all i think i think uh he mentioned something that made me believe that what happened to his eye happened because of the attempted drowning yes he said it's like something in the river eye. was there was like there was like toxins or chemicals mm. that basically screwed up his face right but that was it interesting yeah, I remember that, that too. I, I recall that too, but it's kind of weird that it was just that part of his face because his whole face was under the water. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And the yeah. little mechanism where he has to poke it, but that same green or green With the shimmer. purple goo comes out. With the shimmer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to give. No, it doesn't come out. I think he's in, he's, he's, he's injecting it. shimmer. He's injecting yeah. it into his oh, eye to give him sight. That wasn't so clear to me. See. Okay. Yeah, so you can see. I, I guess like, that makes more sense than. <laughs> that's why it hurt him so it. much when she was jabbing him on all over his face, and it was injecting shimmer into his face in random places. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I... you know, if it was just a needle, he would have just, you know, been fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting because, like, to me, at the end, where when they were at the table, you know, it's like Vi, Silco. Oh, we haven't even oh, yeah. talked about Caitlyn, which is a whole other character that we we, we oh yeah, her. but like. uh for some reason, in that moment, when Silco was at that table, I felt like Silco was the most, was the, like, not that he was, like, I felt like for the first time, he was really genuinely, like, 
I care about this city and I care about my daughter. And all of mm-hmm. this is just a means to an end so that we can be free. Like, mm-hmm. I got to do what I got to yeah. do for my people. This isn't a, I don't hate people. Like, and when he was sitting at the statue and he's thinking through all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like this is real stuff for him. Like, this isn't just, I'm a calculated villain trying to take over the world. Like, he genuinely is like, I just want to be free. And well, I want he, my- he met up with Jason and didn't try anything. Yeah. Like, he's he's just a diplomat. Like, at the end of the day, he's just like, I'm going to do what I got to do for my people. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a diplomat. I think he's a businessman. A businessman. Man. A businessman is a better way to say it. He's a businessman, and he sees it as a benefit. He see, he says, do whatever it has to do for business. Like, we're going to keep selling crack, but once we get this done, we're going to move on. Like, the only right. reason why we sell crack is so that we can have some power, and we're trying to master this. But, like, so I don't know. I Simply felt like... lucrative. Like, Silco, actually, his death was, to me, a little bit sadder than than I thought it right. would be. Oh, yeah. Can I can I say this? Yeah. At that table, when, when you know, this, I did not know what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know. I mean, talk about, you know, it's one thing for a show to surprise you and be like, wow, I didn't expect that. It's another thing to be surprised because you just don't know what to expect and you don't know what you want. Like, I'm like, I don't really see a, a, a good way. Maybe there's like one path that could yeah. potentially be taken where there's peace and everyone comes out okay. But like, not really. Um, even now, thinking back on it, I'm like, I don't really know what, how that could have gone differently where where no one died and everyone got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was a tragedy no matter what happened. Yeah. Yeah, because even, even after that scene, yeah, it's, you know, it didn't help that that was the last episode. You know, there's only five minutes left of the episode. <laughs> but I, I totally agree with that sentiment. It's like, a resolution you know like almost to the point where you don't want one I, at least me i i was almost at the point where i didn't want one but then when i didn't get one for a second for or probably probably the whole night and i slept on it but i was i was angry because there wasn't a resolution but then the more i thought about it and like replayed the the events to the story and stuff like the more the more it made sense that they did what they did with that whole scene and yeah, yeah. In many ways, like I think Steve, you've seen it. Like the story is just tragic, right? Like it's all these moments that could have went differently, given mm-hmm. one or two changes, and it all comes to this moment where this girl who's completely broken, who they need to open up mental health clinics in the undercity because they those people are broken. You know what I'm saying? Jinx right. was broken. She's seeing. All her friends, her dead friends, and she can't, like, she's still a inner voice, and she's still a child in conflict with who she was as Powder, who she's become as Jinx, who she wants to be, her father's love, which was once Vander, now Silco, she lost her actual father, the love of her sister, like, she's, like, so broken, and And she's willing to kill. Yeah, and she's willing to kill to do what she doesn't even really know why after point. She's cruel. Yeah, yeah, she's just chaos, like you said, uh, Kyle. And she's at this table now. She's at a moment where she's breaking. And she's actually looking for resolution from the people at that table. Like, yeah. she's looking for an answer because she doesn't know where to go. She's like, bye. You say you love me, but look look at Caitlyn here. 
I seen you hugging her. I know your feelings, you know. They clearly mm-hmm. have a romantic like relationship now. At the end of the day, I'm going to get replaced anyway, right? She's looking at Silco. Silco, you say you love me, but this is about business. Like you didn't choose me more or less. I chose you, you know. This is like convenient for you. Caitlin, plus who are you? Plus she thinks she thinks he lied to Yeah, and then lie. you right. lied to me. So that means you don't really love me. You know, like, I don't know what to do. I should just kill all of you. I thought that was an option on the table. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I kill all of you and keep it moving, you know. And the whole chair, it was so beautifully made that her chair of powder and jinx. Like, she's literally not sure what to do. And Silco's action of picking up the gun and her making the decision, I care about Vi enough to kill my father. But she kind of realized that was the only person that loved her. And Vi's never going to come back to me in the way. I think I just got to become Jinx in order to survive. Like, Hmm. to not implode. And then she went full Jinx, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then she got her weapon together. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? What if Silco hadn't pulled the gun out? What would have happened? What would have been the conclusion? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think she would have shot Caitlyn because Caitlyn was also making moves. Oh, yeah. She had yeah. The, the turret. Oh, no. No, she had knocked her out already at that point. Yeah. 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 Did she? Yeah. Caitlyn was on the ground. Because she had the gun pointed at her. And that's when Silco took the move to try to do something to kill Vi with the gun. Right? Like, yeah. In all the chaos. Um, I thought multiple people, multiple people got shot at that last standoff. Because it, it, like, jump cut it a whole lot, and his gun was smoking, so he shot at someone. But I think he missed. Yeah, had to. Yeah, I think Vi was just... She, I mean, uh, man, Powder is a beast, or Jinx is a beast, like, when it comes I, down to it. Yeah. I had two favorite moments from the table scene. First one was when she walked in, and she brought the platter, and she was making oh, this that was spill. Done. So, well, I was like, I know... Like, man, that was so well done. Well written. <laughs> it was. Well orchestrated. They did such a great job. Really and then did. she even followed up. I'm like, not What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Uh, it was man. so good. And, the, and the, the thing is, they did such a good job of showing the cruelty of her all the way through the show. And mm-hmm. also that there's not a lot of plot armor for anybody. That, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, I honestly was like, there's a very good chance that is Caitlyn. Maybe it's not her head, but maybe it's something. You know, like her hand or her something. Hand yeah. Or something. I, I was that's what I was thinking. I was like, are they really gonna put a severed head in this show? Like, is that where the show is right now? The thing that I really didn't know. That's the crazy that? thing is that it seemed like they could, even though they hadn't done anything near on that level yet. Yeah. They, they had done some pretty vicious stuff. I mean, when uh Somebody like cut somebody into pieces, and then uh, the Marcus died on the bridge, and they kept showing his dead body over and over. Oh, and his and arm, was, and gone. arm yeah. was gone. Like there was some brutality. Like it was definitely uh, tasteful, but like I think a know. severed head and is they like killed a, a child. Line, and they killed a child. So it's like oh, it's ramping up. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Like, they killed him in a pretty, pretty awful way too. He got got his chest caved in, and then fell off a building. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. And so didn't like, like immediately that like he looked Jason in the face first. Yeah, God. golly. Yeah, man, that was so, rough. So you said there's two moments. Yeah, that one was raw. And then that other girl, she got evaporated. Oh that yeah, was Victor's girlfriend. 
Oh, dude, I forgot about that. That was, that was so sad. Me, like that's like probably the oh, cleanest that, death in the entire show. Oh man! And she's she's barely even a character up to that point. Oh, but I, but I, Keisha I, and I were just devastated. We really didn't like, feel no, that, bro. That hurt so much. She was such. She loved Victor, and she. Oh man! And Victor, how did they do that? Man, how did they make me care so much about this woman who barely was in the show? The barely subtleties. mattered. Subtleties, man. They did like what we talk about, like we were talking about in some other movies, where they don't tell you something, but it's like the it just happens where you start to know, like, oh, she really cares about Victor, right? She's like doing things, like, oh, I'll do this for you, and da da da. And she's just a happy person. She only shows up what like five times in the show, but like at you know, most. You know, and and then you see like it's also because it's Victor in his moment of like he's disparity, despair. His darkest so like that was this man. It was wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we didn't care about Victor as much, I don't think it would have hit his home as yeah. hard because it, it, Victor was also he was making progress, you know. But then he was having his, his you know, fallbacks, mm-hmm. and it was just yeah, he needed somebody to pull him out of that, and she was trying. She literally was trying to pull him She out. literally was trying Man. to pull him out. It's funny because it's, again, the tragedy of, of errors. Like, she shouldn't have run towards him to try to save him because he wouldn't have died, probably. She didn't know. Uh, yeah. He sh- he shouldn't have been doing any of yes. that. None of that. That's not an error. That's a mistake. Um, Purple leg. And it's just like, oh, what bad luck. Like, she was coming. And again, the the just the absolute, like, volume of screw up here is like she came in this moment to express, mm-hmm. you know, it's the juxtaposition of like the, the best case scenario is she expresses her affection and they start a new project together and it's super cool. And it's like finally the relationship starts because we've kind of been like shipping them a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, nah, she gets dusted. Dust, not like, even like hurt, like dust. No recovery. No, no. Nothing. Yeah. Don't pass go. The last thing you see of her is her face and like terror. Oh. Gosh. And then you just see from behind, from far away, you just see her outline go away. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my god, that was brutal. It's crazy because anyway, it's crazy because like if you think about that moment, she was 100 percent justified to go save him because that random evil <laughs> entity orb yeah. was trying to anybody suck would him. do that. She didn't know that what it was doing or it was probably going to give him power or something. But um, right, yeah, it was this yeah worst case worst case scenario i'm actually well i'll get to this in a second kyle was gonna say his second favorite part of the yeah, table yeah. it can wait I no mean, no this no is please can too because <laughs> we're, we're never gonna go come back yeah so your second part and we'll come back this <laughs> okay so i think just the way that they built up to this moment was really cool so you mentioned it brad the the two chairs the powder and jinx chairs and not mm-hmm. only like visually how they represented powder and jinx you know powders was like a, a little girl's chair. Jinx mm-hmm. was this metal chair that she sat in at the end, very sunken, oddly shaped. You know, it was very representative. But then, like, when she walked in, she asked Vi which seat she should sit in. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like, up to this point, Vi kept calling her Powder. And every so often, she would say, Powder's dead. I'm Jinx now. And yeah. there was like this back and forth that would kind of like subtly happen. And maybe it yeah. would send jinx on a little tangent or whatever but then like for it to culminate to this she has a seat at the table she puts it in vi's in vi's hands pretty much where should i sit and then she doesn't have an answer it's like i was trying to think what would you say because all this time you've seen that she's been trying to find her own identity in jinx you want her to still be powder but you lost those years 
like no matter what you say, she could fly off the handle. Exactly. It, and if you take if you if you tell her to be powdered, then she should take responsibility for her, and she knows she might not that things are different now. That she can't be the doting sister. That she can't be the only. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't quite understand the jealousy of of Jinx for Caitlyn because I'm like they don't have the same relationship. But I guess the idea is that you know she was replaced. Powder was the only girl, I guess, in Vi's life. But now there's someone else vying for her attention. Ooh, if you will. nice. Nice. Yeah, I think you're like when you said like there's no right answer because yeah, if you say powder, you basically basically what Jinx aka Powder was saying in that scenario. If you select powder, you kill. You need to get rid of Caitlyn. That's basically what she was saying to her, and and mm-hmm. Vi yeah. understood that. And if she says Jinx, that means that you're going. You're letting me go down the deep end, and I'm never coming back. You know what I'm saying? And. Like, Vi was in such a weird situation where, like, she's been in jail for so long and she's trying mm-hmm. to start her life over. She finally finds Caitlyn. Her, you know, she's more or less falling in love with her. And she doesn't want to lose that because Jinx, more or less, isn't a part of her life anymore. And But at the same time, she cares about her sister. And basically, like, in many ways, like, the the real <laughs> solution to a lot of this was that Jinx had to die. Because she was so far gone. Like, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. That would have been the cleanest, probably the cleanest. Yeah, Caitlyn even said that. Yeah. Like, there's, she's so far gone. Like, what do you do now? Like, you can't, you know, yeah, either she's the chaos. You got to be with her every moment. And you got to keep fighting her from being Jinx. Because she's still going to be Jinx. Like, mm-hmm. in this quote-unquote powder. She's, like, it's, you know, Silco was trying to keep her together. But, gosh. It wasn't working. You know, like. He wasn't trying that hard either. <laughs> he was just using he, he her, was just for, using her for the benefit and just kind of. Well, like, I, I I think he just underestimated how like, chaotic, unhinged yeah. she was becoming. Yeah, yeah he's just true. like letting her do her thing. Um, yeah. So what what were you gonna say, Steve, a little bit earlier? Yeah, um, I was gonna say I don't really understand all of the nuances of what the hex core, what was going on with the hex core. So I'll explain what I do know, and you guys can maybe fill in some blanks. So. He had built this device that, in his words, would be able to uh, almost become intelligent and learn. Mm-hmm. And it had the ability to like do different kinds of magic. Um, uh, uh, gosh, what's the word? Intelligently. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to use it to like, you know, uh, fix biological forms and eventually fix his own body. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, it comes into contact with his blood. He takes that to mean, oh, it reacts to biological matter. Mm-hmm. But that was not how I took that scene. It looked like it was reacting to like some sort of sacrifice. Like, yeah, yeah. I think blood blood is usually attributed to like a sacrificial. But he thing. didn't see that happen. Seemed, so he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. He saw. He remembered later that it was like sucking his blood, and it shows him having that flashback. And that was when that was when he thought, oh, biological matter, of course. And I was like, really? That's your takeaway? But the other thing that he didn't know is that during that moment, that was when Jace and Mel were sleeping together for the first time, like in a moment of passion. And it kept like show it kept not just flashing back and forth between him and the hex core and them in the bed, but literally like overlapping the two scenes. Mm-hmm. And it really seemed like the hex core was somehow reacting to 
Oh. That that splintering of their relationship. It's like, all right, Jace is kind of going his own way. And he's kind of not just not just physically with a woman, but also like ideologically, like she kind of has his heart. She's kind of leading him. And he's not really with you, Victor. And he's not really like on the same page as you anymore. And it seemed like that was what the core was reacting to, even though he didn't know it and had no way of knowing that. I thought that's when I was like, oh, this thing is sentient because it knows things or it's it seemed like they were implying that it knew things that even Victor himself wasn't aware of at the time. So I agree um, that I did see like that link too, but it to me it was more along the lines of the magic was just so mysterious that they didn't understand it. And so maybe it was sentience, maybe it was something else. And and but the thing was like I don't think we ever found out who the magician was or who that saved Jason his mom. No, I don't think we did. But then after that encounter it seemed like, you know, Jace was definitely obsessed with magic from that point but that guy yeah. he, gave, he gave him a rock and it was like you know magic was a part of his life from then on so maybe there was a deeper connection to magic that was also causing the hex cube to distort and stuff so yeah. I, I i think i have a very different interpretation of those moments in general i think it was very much a cinematography thing because they had done many different moments like that before where they were showing the juxtaposition between people's decisions, like what they were deciding to do, like them being different, but the same, like, and, and I just more saw it as like, Jace is going this path. Victor is going this path. And I don't think the, the magic had anything to do with that. Like, I just think the, mm. like, like if you, if just, if you think back to some other scenes that happened, maybe they'd show like, uh, I'm trying to think back to another moment. Like they might show something like something that Bai is doing and something that Powder is doing simultaneously. Like they had many moments like this where they're like, yeah, there'd the be parallels. A, yeah, like it'd be like a music, yeah, a very yeah. music driven moment where it's showing two people making a very important decision that's going to set the course of things. And if you think about the moments that led up to that, Victor was kind of feeling that Jace was like giving him the cold shoulder, like, hey, like, Right, we said right. we were going to do this for the benefit of people, but you're all in this politics and all this stuff. Like, we need to think about that. No, 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 no. We should do da, 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 da. Have you seen what the Undercity people are doing? And he's like, bro, I'm from the Undercity. You know, so you start to see their part, uh, their relationship yeah. dividing. Mm-hmm. And I and the Hex Cube, from what I recall him talking about in general, that whole uh, setup was just because, in general, for them to invoke a certain, like, magic spell... They had to basically manually go through and write the runes out and put them in the position. But he basically found a way to try a lot of different variations of runes to try to invoke magic. Like it was Mm -hmm. more of like a mechanism to like get different options. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like configurations of Uh, magic. He was hacking magic. That's That's, That's not really true. Even the very first spell they did, it was with a device that allowed him to attach different you know put different runes together but think about them he specifically said that he was inspired by the fact that mages would say that the magic spoke through them and he's like i want to make something that's like that oh yeah yeah but but he was but he was also mentioning like there's so many different like runes and different things and we don't know what because they kind of already knew what set of runes would do a thing like if you think about that first experiment when they're in the in the room like jace had already figured out the pattern 
like these runes, these runes, mm-hmm. these runes, these runes. And then and then that little machine, the little dial, was just changing between the different runes at different times, yeah. right? And he was tapping into that moment where he saw the guy do all those motions. And that little hex was kind of just like a different way of doing the same thing. That's why he was super frustrated when he was like trying different things and nothing is working. Like, why are none of these patterns working to do what I wanted to do, right? So, so it's... I mean, yeah, that's frustrating. I, I do think that you're missing out on some aspect of the core though because he it was definitely focusing on like it's intelligent it does things on its own i'm not saying it i'm I'm not trying to like extrapolate more than that and say oh it was sentient and it's evil i'm just saying that's what he said yeah i mean i i I maybe don't recall i don't recall that so you know maybe it's just like just misremembering but also like i think just in general like i think if you think about like the mages in general, like when Heimerdinger was talking about them, he was just saying like how they like are kind of like power hungry and da da da. Like I think fundamentally, like you said, they misunderstand what this magic is and that they're not like they're not just tapping into energy, right? They're tapping into something that has a motivation, you know? Yeah. And it was very clear, right? Like the moment that mm-hmm. uh Victor kind of like rejected the thing his own conviction. You know, he said no. Oh, 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 the, the core. core the yeah, core yeah. was like, oh, like we made a blood bond here. And you reject me, I reject you. And he took, they took the, it took the power from him. And he was, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually why I brought this up. I got, we got distracted a little. I was going to say that at some point it felt like it was giving him powers. And then when it killed that girl, it seemed like it also almost out of spite, uh, weakened him took away his powers and i'm like did he reject it i feel like well, he it was didn't, in the it didn't take his power because he killed the girl it took his power because he was trying oh, to destroy then he tried it. To break it and 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 fundamentally i think what was proven through the process is that the magic is you like it has to have some type of life force sacrifice some type of mm-hmm. high energy sacrifice those little crystals the blue ones remember he the magician mm-hmm. in the the you know the, the snow used it and then it, he can he couldn't use it anymore right it's all of his power mm-hmm. is gone right and fundamentally i think a magician probably has to use their own life force to like power it which is their blood right um and that's why like plants weren't very good because it's just like you don't have much life force so you just die when I get you. And I think what happened is when when he touched a girl, he actually just took her life force and gave it to the, yeah. the thing. And Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. It just she just happened to be a, a better battery. Instead of him, his own life force. <laughs> like yeah, he had made the bomb. all this time yeah. just okay. to be a battery. Yeah, because yeah, oh. I think it was gonna take something from him or something during that moment, but they were like it was like, oh, instead. I can, you know. I want to make a bond with you, so it's probably better. And that's probably what other magicians did, just take people's lives to benefit themselves. Snaps, maybe. Yeah. I will say that about that the scene with the blood and the and the sex scene, I I don't totally agree with you. I I've seen that happen and that's definitely a common trope. But the scenes weren't juxtaposed against each other. They were overlaid on top of each other and it wasn't about Victor. It was specifically overlaying like these two sleeping together over like the inside of the hex core moving around and doing his thing. Meanwhile, Victor's passed out on the ground. So I, I felt like the focus wasn't on I, Victor at all. I just want to say, and I'll say this in the very, like, I think it was just more of a less, a climax, <laughs> like, like, and I don't mean that in, you know, that way, but like, 
in the sense that like it was just these two events that are completely monumental and are going to change the course of everything mm. just happened and there's just, it's just more of a cinematography. I mean, that's my opinion. And that's possible, and, and especially from how they just shot the series in general. You know, they kind of did things like that. So, so okay. So, I want to talk about two characters that we haven't talked about. One was Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. Now, Caitlyn apparently she's a hero, or champion, in in what's it called in League of Legends. League of Legends. But Caitlyn was such a weird character to me. I just didn't yeah. know if I liked her. Like, I kept going back and forth. Like, okay, I like Caitlyn, but I kind of don't like Caitlyn. I like, I don't like Caitlyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seemed like she had a good heart to me, but like, she, I think, I don't know. I think she was kind of written that way. Cause yeah, she wasn't particularly likable just because like her personality was kind of, she was, she wasn't stubborn necessarily, mm-hmm. but she was like very headstrong. And so, like, she was doing stuff. And messing people over by doing her own thing, which, you know, but it wasn't in like a charming way. It seemed like it was yeah. all very like in a very self gratifying type of way. Like I have something that I want to do, so I'm gonna go do it. Yeah. And like, like bad stuff wasn't happening, so we didn't think she was a villain. But at the same time, like she was just kind of disrespectful. So it was like, well, this isn't helping like anybody. When she, like when she investigated that ship and she was taking pictures and she got you know jinx's logos and stuff mm-hmm. and then marcus shows up and he's like you're not supposed to be here you know you're supposed to, you have a, you have a he she even had another job she was supposed to be doing right, right. uh there was <laughs> i don't know maybe there was like a history of things not getting done and she wanted things to get done but yeah it wasn't really shown to us that she was doing something for like good reasons it just kind of felt like she was literally just he what 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 did marcus say he described it as like oh those people They'll just do what they want. It really felt like she just does what she wants. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, like, it's juxtaposed with her kind of resenting her family, being like these high-powered families who get a, can do whatever they want. But she kind of right. acts like a child from that type of family, right? Like, mm-hmm. kind of selfish. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Uh, privileged or, you know, yeah, whatever the word it, is. Yeah. Entitled. Entitled. And, and, and I, I get it because... The reason that she wanted to do that is because she wasn't even supposed to be on that security detail. Her mom forced them to put her there. She wants to do more interesting stuff. And she, her parents are kind of like blocking her from taking on more dangerous, you know, assignments. So she's kind mm-hmm. of like lashing out against that. But she also knows that she's not going to get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's it's a. Uh... Yeah, because she was still part of law enforcement. And yeah, she had their, their parents were really close to the council. And so it's like her her story is like it just so happened that she was on the right track and like met up with the mm-hmm. heroes of the show. But <laughs> mm-hmm. she didn't necessarily do anything to earn a spot on the roster. I mean, she was good at shooting guns. Yeah, she was very talented for sure. She was somewhat she talented. Was driven. She was really talented at like two she things. She was very <laughs> driven. That's for sure. Driven. Yeah, she was driven. wanted to prove yeah. her family. I am capable. But you know what was weird to me? Like, I say this like in a weird way. It's like I know Vi and Caitlyn were like the the romantic couple, but to be honest, to me, like it didn't really make sense. Like, like I get that they were in the Undercity together, looking for her si- sister, and they fought some dangerous people, and like they kind of survived together. But it never really felt like they, they kind of threw it together. Yeah. yeah, like it didn't feel like another like like you know. Of course, Caitlyn 
you know, it was an interesting scene when they're in like that brothel and she said, oh, you can act like, you know, you like a girl or a guy. And they were trying mm-hmm. to show us like her, you know, what she, what her interest was. And, you know, so like, uh, Jace clearly like liked her, but she wasn't into it. You know what I'm saying? She's like, no, like I'm, that's not my vibe, you know, in that's general. That's what messed me up too. Yeah. You know, but like, it just felt like felt really weak. And if anything to me, I kind of felt like Vi was like. Oh, this is the first woman I've seen a human. Yeah, she's showed, straight out of prison. Shown me any any right. it could have been a man or a woman, in my opinion, for vibe, because I just who knows, whatever. But like just I just mean in general, in the sense that like this is the first person who's shown me any kind of positive you know, everybody's right. been bad to me. Any human decency. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like I'm straight out of prison. And I don't you know the last last mm-hmm. fool she dealt with was Milo. Yeah, oh lord, you know, like who <laughs> you know, or like and it just felt like, oh, you're a rebound of from hopelessness. You know what I'm Dang. saying? Like like not yeah. even you know, and even if Vi was into women, I just feel like Caitlyn wasn't gonna be a long term relationship. It just really felt like you were the first person, you know, that I saw. Right. Who proximity. Yeah. I definitely felt like that relationship rang hollow. They were together for what, like two days? Mm-hmm. They had known each other at that point. Yeah, I mean, I guess they almost died a couple. Like Brad said, they they almost died a couple times. So I know stuff like that will, like, you know, make people bond, bond people. quicker. So maybe yeah. they were trying yeah. to play on that. But I think I think to your, I think it was still rang hollow, like you said. Yeah, I think it was just one of those moments where they're like, "We need this to be meaningful. We need this to, you know, like we need Vi to have some." To care, I mean, Vi was a good person in general, so I think she would cared about Ka- Caitlyn at in general if she was gonna kill her, mm-hmm. like you know, she treated her well. It, it just felt, it just felt like a weaker, just love story. She wasn't as fleshed out, so that's that's another problem. Is she wasn't one of like the main characters until near the end of the show, you know. And even then, she was kind of like almost a plot point, a plot device, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In a few times, and then and then in 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 you know comparison is like mel and jace's relationship which to me that also surprised was me. Yeah, a little bit at first it was more organic it, it 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 felt more like uh like okay caitlin and vi felt like the way that they were trying to in like to put it was like this is a love for a lifetime type of relationship kind of thing right so it kind of rang hollow and i think the mel and the jace relationship to me was like they were trying to get there, but in many ways, it kind of felt more like, hey, Jace, you're an attractive man, and you benefit me, and I'm kind of like a single woman in this weird... You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, uh, it, it, well, I don't know. It, it exactly. felt weird to yeah. me as well. I felt like with, with Caitlyn, it was contrived by the writers, but with Jace and Mel, it was contrived by Mel. By Mel. <laughs> yeah, like, and Jace was like, hey, you know, you fine, let's do this. But I... Yeah. And, and I think she began, like, you could kind of see that there was some more deeper feelings, kind of, sort of. But I don't even feel like they were deeper in the sense that, oh, I care about Jace. But more that she started to feel bad about what she had kind of manipulated Jace was, to do. Yeah. And now it was, like, too late, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, and, and when her mom showed up, first of all. <laughs> What a wild! She was only in there for one episode, right? Or was it talk about sampling the local cuisine? Bro, oh, bro, me and Shailene were sitting here like, I'm, I'm not okay with this. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Key didn't. Key didn't get it. Oh my goodness. She was like, "Oh, who's that guy?" And I'm like, mm. "That's the local." Cuisine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, they did a perfect. Like, it was perfect though. It's like it's exactly like when another show, like when a man does that. I was like, "Yo, they did a really good job of like showing they the did. female perspective and the woman's perspective." If she were yeah. to be a manipulator and a manizer, man. Man-anizer. Did she have to be so big though? She was full. She was swole. She was swole. She was, yeah. she was She's a warrior. She, she was a warrior, so it made sense. True, you know, true, true. She's, you know, from a character standpoint. And she was just, and, and when she got out the, the bath, and she didn't even care. <laughs> like, she had no shame. And she was just, just like, I'm going to get what I want, and I'm going to do what I want, and you ain't going to do nothing about it. Cause, and, and then she had a big did. swole dude with her. Like, I was like, all her people swole. I was like, this is the worst people to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you see how mad her prostitute was when uh, when Mel walked in and spilled the oh, wine? Oh yeah, he's like, he looked like he was about to get up and, and strike her. I'm like, you better not. He's like, you know what? I just got this white shirt from your mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've only been wearing it a third of the and, time. And that man was so slender and soft and like, I was like, yo, you saw that man? Yeah, yo, I was like, they really wrong for getting Mel's mom doing it like she clearly is a terrible person like she chose the the softest side you know what i'm saying like it was like her opposite yeah yeah yeah. it's like she has a type for sure it it was i mean her mom was like and and the interesting thing is like i think it's interesting her mom showed up when she did and it really like made mel realize oh my goodness i'm becoming like my mom like Mm -hmm. like i'm becoming power hungry and i want to be different like she, you yeah. know, she had this whole mentality, you know, and and it was just too late, you know, like like Jason already was in motion. Yeah, things were in motion. Jace is pretty much empowered. He was the new Heimendinger, you know, like the big power player, you know, even more powerful than Mel because she taught him everything, and he was like, right. well, I'll do what I got to do, you know. Um, so so I mean, pushed him to the top. So okay, so kind of. You know, coming in here for Atlanta, I want to talk a little bit about, about Echo because Echo, like, I was—is this coming in for Atlanta? I don't know. I, I <laughs> no, mean, we're here now. It's a we'll lot. See what, we'll see what happens. You know, you know, this <laughs> is this is. I don't know. I, I'm happy with. You know, normally we end a little bit earlier because you know we have time constraints. But this show is great, and there's a lot to talk about. There really we, is. We still haven't talked about the scientist who basically mentored and fathered Victor, Singed mm-hmm. or whatever his name is, because he's. He's a very interesting character to me. But I want to talk about Echo because I was waiting for him to show up. I figured that was Echo, like, from the jump. Uh, the, the, the dude yeah. on the board. But I was like, I wonder if it'll be him. I wonder how he'll show up. I wonder what, you know. But, like, Echo went from this little smiley kid to this, like, straight, I'm going to bust your head. Like, I'm oh, yeah. real now. Like, you could see how harsh life had changed. Grizzled. Yeah, man. Like strong um oh gosh uh michael b jordan oh, black panther i could see that killmonger yeah. strong killmonger with vibes. the hair especially yeah well i guess the hair yeah you're right but i just meant like grizzled and, yeah, he's seen things. and cynical maybe not evil like Killmonger. yeah he's seen things yeah. and it does you know in, in many ways it almost felt like his motivation wasn't like to fight the piltover but to fight silco like mm-hmm. and all of that yeah. right like because he attacked the ship when they showed up at the the festival or whatever, and you know he was it always was Benzo was like a father figure to him, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Benzo. Yeah, it was pretty much his dad. I'm sure it was personal, but it he really it really seemed focused on 
bettering the Undercity, and that meant getting rid of Silco. I don't think he was doing it just because of Benzo. Well, we didn't really have, like, I mean, years had passed, so part of me thinks that maybe it started as a revenge arc and then transitioned. Yeah, sure, yeah. Because what, what do you call it? They're, they're the fire lights, or, yeah? Oh, fire. yeah. Yeah. You know. What a lame <laughs> It was based on the little bugs, right? Like the little firelight bugs. Fireflies, yeah. yeah. We call them firelights. No, they were called firelights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Exactly. But, like, just seeing him and, like, basically he adopted, like, basically orphans, right? Like, he was like uh, the Peter Pan movie with the kids. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, it was just a whole bunch of kids. He was the new Vander. You know, and then, like, all the different creatures there. And, you know, <laughs> like. You say Peter Pan, they were legitimately flying around a they're tree. They're flying around right? a tree and they're all kids. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you know, I'm like, that seems like, what was that? Never whatever island or whatever they lived on with Rufio. He's Never basically land. Rufio. If you think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rufio. 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 <laughs> you know. Man. Um, yeah. I, I, I wonder what they're going hinting at with his relationship with Heimerdinger. Like, is he... Like, what's it... I, I can't really figure out what they want to do with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, because clearly he's on a level of intelligence as Jinx. But, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, anti-Jinx almost, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah. So, and he- Heimerdinger would be a better, you know. I mean, Heimerdinger guy. still is like a legitimate scientist, so he's probably just going to accelerate their technology and probably be one of the catalysts that finally transition them into whatever it means to be equals with the surface into world. a first world state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Heimerdinger, even though he's not part of the council anymore, he still got clout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. He's Heimerdinger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in the academy or whatever. And I mean, oh, you know, you know, one thing we have not talked about is what is going to be the results of what Jinx did? <laughs> Shooting. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any point in talking about it. That's a, it's a cliffhanger. We should just let it. I mean, what, let it there was a rocket going for the window. <laughs> speculate. I mean, people are going to some people are going to die. Some people aren't. There's no way of knowing what the writers will do. Of the main characters. So Jace and Mel are gonna live. Definitely, definitely, Maybe. definitely, they're gonna live. Like, there's no doubt they're gonna live. Like, you don't build all of them. Like, they have a little bit of plot armor. You know, they might be damaged. Okay. What about Victor? I think Victor lives. I think he survived. I think that crystal is going to like prolong his life. Even mm. though, like, I think he's in a bond with it now that he can't really break. You know. Mm-hmm. So Victor gonna become a villain. I th- mm. oh, maybe that's a good question. I don't know. He seemed pretty intent on on breaking it. He even asked he asked Jace to break it, no matter the cost. So I feel like his heart is set already on doing good. Mm. I would be a little disappointed if all the council dies except for the main characters. I feel like that'd be kind of corny. Well, maybe well maybe there's a chance that this moment will force Victor to use the magic oh, to like to, bring to do something to save yeah, everybody. Basically, give his soul up. Victor to, snaps to save Jace and you know Mel and everybody you know and also okay. Mel's mom is there right now with the with the mm-hmm. crew of gangster swole people oh yeah and Silco's gone meaning there's a power vacuum down in the undercity Jinx is probably going to try to fill that but she's the worst person yeah. to fill you know so whatever their chance of them having being sovereign oh. is going to yeah what 
Savika was in Silco's office at the end, so maybe she'll try to. She take oh, she's gonna become the new Silco from a diplomatic business standpoint. Oh, mm. uh, I think that makes sense I don't know, because she, everybody liked her and she was loyal. She knew everybody. She yeah. was pretty much a part That's of every major gonna mission. Fight her. She won't be the new Silco, but she'll she'll you probably she'll probably be head of whatever mm-hmm. is left. Yeah, like she'll when be. Jinx is yeah. done. I think Jinx is gonna tear up that organization. I think Jinx is just gonna become this chaotic like evil like she, she yeah i think she's gonna do that and tear up their organization she's gonna kill people in the organization she's gonna kill people in the in the main city she's gonna kill people in the firelights i think jinx is just gonna become that like usual hanma <laughs> like you know if you watch baki like she's gonna just which she's gonna be the witch of the witch yeah, like she's just has no no alignment no alignment chaotic evil chaotic yeah you know you know what like, if they um they did this earlier in the in the show, but what if they pulled the where they show a perspective, but then they switch it at the last minute? Like when um, V was sitting in uh, Benzo's shop waiting for the enforcers to come in. Oh. But then it like flipped the script and it wasn't the enforcers that came in, but it was Vander, Vander and Benzo. So what if they did something like that where she shot at a place? But, but then it turns out she shot somewhere else or something or missed. It clearly showed them all through the yeah, window. Yeah, through the window with the rocket. I know. But then also, <laughs> in, I'm pretty sure. What if the window yeah, was I love a the screen. way he said he said, I know. <laughs> I, I don't trust anything because I'm, I got to go double check. All right, I'll double check this. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, before they did the cut, when the people were walking towards the door, the, the outlines were of enforcers and not of Vander and Benzo. But then, when the actual episode where they came through the door, it was them. I'm not 100. percent Well, it was a different. It was a different door that the actual enforcers were walking towards. That I'm not certain about either. Yeah, I'm not certain about that. I mean, I well, I don't know if it was a different door, but it, there were real enforcers. It isn't like they just didn't exist. Right? Yeah, they were going somewhere, but they didn't come yeah. through the door that we that they were setting it up for us to expect. Well, I don't think the door necessarily was like a unique door that you knew like oh the enforcers are definitely knocking on the door i, I don't know definitely i think, think it's just a generic that door. rocket's gonna hit the, the council <laughs> but yeah but i don't know on what level like what what it'll do per se it, like like i mean it's a rocket and it's clear she knows what it does that it explodes and she clearly built that mechanism for that purpose so the yeah. glasses talk about good aim can we talk about oh yeah that? she launched this out a window from like across a river yeah. she's a beast she's a, she, she accounted a, for that bullet drop like sharpshooter yeah she's she's playing yeah. a lot of Fortnite, man she knows what she's doing <laughs> <laughs> she got the wingman skills got a sending on that yeah i mean I, I feel like the next chapter in this so so one thing that i'm really interested about and and, and we were talking about it is just the magic that existed before Hextech, right? Like, clearly there's other people out there, right? There's other countries, there's other worlds, and they're having a different scenario. Number one, we know that Mel is going to have a conflict with her brother's killer, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's why her mom showed up. Like, yo, he's coming to kill, like, whatever. So we're going to see an, a, uh, like, a ramping up of the militaristic side of everything, right? Piltover is about to become about to change and then the undercity is about to change i'm just interested to see if old school magic wielders are going to show up you know what i'm saying oh, I bet. I, or, or even if one is among them but hasn't shown themselves yet 
like a character that we might have already met might be a magic person you know what if Hammerdinger is I don't think he uses magic he hasn't but I mean he, he did he that one there. thing he where he was uh, with the little girl he had the, the gears and they played it off like it was a oh, science trick oh yeah but he was doing like that was street magic yeah I did know. I, did. I mean, sleight of hand. I don't think. Yeah, it. but it was like a compl- like it was like three screws, and then all of a sudden it was something. Like Heimerdinger might be seek all low key might be a magician who because he keeps saying I was there, I know what's happening. We shouldn't mm-hmm. mess with this. And he would even like walk in and be like, "Oh, I know what you're about to do." Think about it. When he walked in that moment and he saw the hex cube, he he knew something. Because he said, we need to destroy this now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he knew something that we... Like, Heimerdinger knows something. And I, I, I... You know, I didn't think about a cow, but I think he may be a magician. You know? Like, he was wearing the cloak already when he was in the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That makes you... That's your halfway there. <laughs> you know, that would be crazy because it would make perfect sense. Because he's like a, a magician who's turned away from that completely. Because he's seen what it's done to his brothers and the family, and he built pulls over as a like as the kind of like the, you know, we, I'm not going to be like them, right? And he's in all ways he's trying to fight, not doing magic, but he gave them a little bit of leeway because he kind of knew he's like okay, like even when they first showed it to him the magic, he kind of was like, oh okay, I'm kind of cool with this, but I'm not, you know, like he kind of knew that it wasn't mm-hmm. like, but he's. It's like he knows something about magic deeper. I I, yeah. I I think I'm with you, Kyle. I think he I think it's I don't think it's anything deeper than that people well maybe maybe there's some level there's some I guess uh gosh, what is this, the phrase? Some feature of magic that makes people more evil. But I think just on the face of it, it's that if you advance technology and power too quickly, you're gonna end up with bad things happening. I think that was my takeaway was just the very common wisdom that you shouldn't introduce a bunch of people to new technology that you can't take back and it's going to be used for warfare for sure. Yeah, the wrong stuff in the wrong hands. Yeah. Did we see any other of Heimerdinger's race in the city? Yeah. There was one in the, uh, is it a brothel? No. What was it? Where V and, and Caitlin went. There was one. He was. It's Vi, dog. It's Vi. <laughs> Anyway, there was one in there wearing all leather. Yeah, no. there was a little... Oh, was that him? I thought that was just one of those little goblin creatures. Like the I women. couldn't tell. I mean, it, all only the ears were poking out. So I definitely saw at least one furry face. I don't remember seeing one. That wasn't it could have been one of the goblins because, yeah, the goblin lady the ran the ear, place, too. And they have big ears. And he doesn't have... Well, I guess he has ears. He has furry. He has big furry ears. ears. She didn't have furry ears. She had long, skinny. His ears. They were furry. Yeah. So maybe maybe that wasn't then. I I don't know now. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw at least one in like the fair or the market or whatever in Piltover. Like there's a lot of different people. Yeah. The reason I ask is because there's a chance that he is of a magical race. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he in like if he's the only one, then like he's like the only one for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like. He escaped. He survived. Mm. You know. Um, Did they ever say why he lived so long? I think it's just a feature of his race, but no, but we don't know. Say. I mean, he could say that's a feature of his race, but he could honestly be surviving by magic. 
Right. They didn't say. I'm just guessing. Hmm. A lot of unknowns. Everyone, everyone took it for granted that he lives a long time. You know, yeah. I, I see his name right here as characters. I'm not going to click on it because I'm like, I click on it. I probably and I know he's a champion. In, uh, oh yeah, in, the uh, first thing is gonna be like <laughs> he is. Hammerdinger is a magic so kinda, wielder in League of it. Legends. Pretty much every character except for Mel is a champion. Every character, Jace, uh, Victor, V, V, uh, Victor, Singed, which is a scientist. Not Vander because he's dead. Not Silk because he's dead. Echo, Heimendinger, Caitlyn are all all champions. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's more than I expected. I didn't think Victor would be a champion. I thought he might be a champion once he started getting them little robo legs. I was like, this man's <laughs> going to become like OP here in a second. <laughs> he you was know. sprinting with that purple leg. Yeah. The way he started, he's like, ooh, 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 ooh. With ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> he's like, I've never been sprinting before. Like he, I was like, where is your endurance coming from? You must be mad winded. You know, um, so yeah. Victor's Victor's mentor with that salamander Pokemon, man. So that was that's singed. Yeah, that was uh, so. So that, that was, was a sad story. Yeah, like I can't really figure out what like singed. So singed is his name or something, right? And he seems to be like because he said he used to be in the academy, right? I think he said that. He said he was partners with Heimerdinger. I think. Yeah. Oh. So him and Heimerdinger, there's a good, there's a good chance that he knows something. Like he, I feel like he knows, and he keeps surviving. <laughs> like he, I thought he died yeah, in that, that is scene surprising. when when the explosion happened. Oh yeah, I thought he was totally dead. But it seems like he's been trying to recreate the ability to like live forever or something. Because hmm. he's that salamander. He's just trying to iterate until he finds a way. Like he 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 has a goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's a goal that's separate from exactly. Silco because he was not with Silco in the future, or sorry, in the present yeah. timeline. He was in a cave by himself doing his own research yeah, back at the original cave, I think, right where uh, the original where cave Victor yeah. found him. And it just seems like he was like, "I'll give you this stuff because it'll be- further my experiments to like get results." right mm-hmm. like and i'll get access to things yeah i have a feeling like he is his shimmer is like his goal at making synthetic magic like you huh. know what i'm saying like yeah and yeah I, and i feel like him and heimendinger like work together and heimendinger back cast him out because he knew what he was trying to do you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. And uh, and and I think that gives more credence to why Heimerdinger is a mage. Or but also mage. Heimerdinger was right because that stuff's terrible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Singe is clearly evil. Like he, like he does not care. He he might not even be evil. He might just be truly neutral. Like I don't care. Like what he's just does. making this stuff. Man. Yeah. The mutation must live. But it's That's interesting because Silco's the reason that Victor basically made his way out of the Undercity because he clearly, like, trained him and, like, helped him to, like, advance his skills. And and probably... Silco? You mean Singed? Yeah, Singed helped Victor to get out of the Undercity. And probably yeah. is how he got connected with Heimerdinger. Like, Victor oh, probably yeah. was like, hey, I know uh, Singed. And he said... A letter of recommendation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to take him on because I don't want him to be corrupted. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? 
Um, so yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. This the show is. Uh, I'm super. Interested I'm, I'm curious about a character that I guess if they're gonna did they say if there's gonna be a season two. Like is that confirmed? Uh, I don't think, I it's, don't confirmed, think it's confirmed, but yet. I'm pretty confident it's gonna happen. So I don't know if they ever said her name, but Marcus's daughter. Oh, the uh, redhead girl that they showed, the little girl. Yeah, I'm wondering if she'll come back, kind of like they have, where she's now back with a vengeance. Because they, I mean, they didn't say anything about her, but. I think they they had like this really interesting way of bringing back characters and stuff. So I'm curious about if they'll do that with her. Yeah, and and who is? I mean, I guess his wife isn't alive because it was just him and his daughter. But I mean, whoever yeah. his wife was had super red hair because, the, you know, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> she didn't get none of his features. Nothing like <laughs> you know. And we're assuming, I guess, that's his actual physical, biological biological yeah. daughter. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still don't really understand Marcus's motivation other than, like, okay, he really wanted to jack up the, you know, Vander and his people. And so he made a bad decision. And then I guess he was just, now he just had, you know, Soka had blackmail on him, so he kind of couldn't escape. I'm, is that, like, what y'all got from his overall? I wasn't certain. Yeah, I think so. Because... Pretty much. He he was a hot-headed guy. He thought he was, you know, Silco manipulated him into making a deal that he thought would, like, you know, cut through the bureaucratic tape that this other lady had put down and uh, totally backfired. He became the sheriff. The same, he became worse than the other lady who was had, a, had kind of a peaceful relationship with mm-hmm. Vander. True, true, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, she was like, I have a relationship with Vander, and then he has the chaotic relationship with Silco. Interesting. It was like, always that dynamic. To keep the peace. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that his death was on that bridge, and that bridge was kind of where, like, the battle between the Undercity and Piltover happened. It was like, that that bridge is kind of like a like a Very symbolic. Yeah, symbolic, you know. Like, what it means. So many people died because of she's so crazy. My goodness, like she. Blew, oh, and we can, can we talk about how now like Jinx mm. is like purely <laughs> shimmered up, like she's a problem, right? Like, on the highest <laughs> level. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I I honestly didn't even care. I'm like, oh, she was already unnaturally gifted and skilled and insane. That's true. I don't think I don't think the shimmer just it just made her more of that. I don't think it's gonna like change anything about I think her. It's gonna they were strong, right? They were gonna do what they needed to to make her overpower anybody anyway, because yeah. she was outmatched in all of her fights. But I mean, she had plot armor, the thickest plot armor I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was crafty. She was crafty, fast, nimble. But yeah, now she's she can probably heal. I mean, he got she got special experiment from. Singe. Singe was like, yo, I'm finna do stuff that you're not gonna like, so I'm about to chloroform you. <laughs> like he was like, I need to chloroform Silco, cause if Silco's awake, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to do I, I, I that was my favorite part. I was like, oh <laughs> like he immediately syringed Silco. He did. He's like, I'm gonna pimp your ride. <laughs> but I need you not to be there. Please don't take out that's my favorite hubcap. No, bro. <laughs> you know, he's like, nah, you gotta 
into the furnace. Yeah, man. I think I think next next season. I mean, they've done all of the character development. They've done all of the you know the necessary things. So now they're cooking with gas, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all world building and conflict. Like there's not really much more that oh, they need. Speaking to do. of conflict, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but the action sequences in this show were gangster. Were incredible i told you guys i told you guys they were so well done. i don't remember you telling me but i, I don't appreciate you telling either, me because now i've watched it and it wasn't <laughs> that was my first impression of the first episode was that the fight scene was really well done and then every fight scene after that was incredible like, it's it, just so punchy yeah it felt very video gamey like if anything mm-hmm. felt like a video game it's like you know like just how they right. moved and their speed and their you know, the shooting and like the camera, how they managed the camera when like, you know, she's shooting her Gatling gun, like just the angle that they took. Like, mm-hmm. and then like, yo, like Echo and the guys on their like little cart on their little boards. Oh man. That was so crazy. Yeah. It, it looks, it all looked really good. They legit had to choreograph that stuff, but you could tell that they were in their element in every one of those scenes. Cause you, at least I never got lost. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's very easy to do, especially when you have, you know, 25 characters flying around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did a great job. I think, I mean, honestly, like, of the Netflix shows that I've seen in a while, this definitely, like, I think this would be, like, you know, I love Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai is stupid, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, Kyle, go ahead and start watching that, you know, while if you want, if you still have access to my Netflix. Um, but, like, uh yeah. Like this I is, do still have access. <laughs> like, I'm deleting all the profiles. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this show really... This this show is kind of like solidifying the video game Netflix, you know, era, right? Like, if you give it to Netflix to produce it, and they, and, you know, it's it can be good. It can be great. It can be even great, you know? So... Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. I saw they have a Dota series. It looked kind of not interesting to me. Um, really, another MOBA gets a yeah. show? Yeah, that one. My my brother in law was watching it when I was visiting them this past weekend, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go back and watch it. It was a lot of like exposition talking. Oh gosh, you know. But I don't know Dota. I know Dota less than I know <laughs> League of Legends. So um, yeah, I might start watching it. I don't know. It just didn't to give me, me the vibe that I wanted. Yeah. To me, that was the best part about watching this show is that yeah, I hadn't played the game in years, and even what little I did know was irrelevant. Mrs. Yams watched it with me. She didn't know anything about it except for well, actually, she she actually saw me play it a couple of times in in college. But I mean, that's you know, ten years ago now, and we both just enjoyed the show, regardless. Like, I could recommend this to anybody. And yeah, I don't care if they if they like games. Doesn't matter if they even if they don't like animated movies. I think I I could still recommend this to them just because it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just one of them shows. It was just well done. I don't think you need any. You don't need yeah. any. Uh, you know, high, not, high high quality. You don't need any. Uh, what you call it? Uh, back gimmicks. So cool, guys. I mean, honestly, I don't <laughs> know what else to talk about this. You know, we talked about almost every single possible character in the show. Every, I mean, there's some scenes that we didn't cover, but I think we've covered, like, we hit it. I I think we've done enough. (laughs) Um, You've done enough. You've done enough. Well done. (laughs) That'll do, Pig. 
that'll do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, before we wrap up, ask you guys, as I always do, any last things you guys want to say before we go? If you listen to this whole podcast and haven't watched it, hopefully we convinced you to watch it. But hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> you watched it before listening because <laughs> it's worth experiencing yeah. for yourself. Whoa on you. Whoa. Whoa. All the woes. Uh, last words, last words. Oh, I thought it was really silly that they leaned so heavily on Imagine Dragons. I kind of oh, I forgot <laughs> and about Sting, that. Yeah. I, I, I straight blocked that out of my mind. I said, I said, yeah. Imagine Dragons was like, hey, we want to be in a video game. <laughs> do it. Oh, they put them in. They made three D models for them to be in the in the show for five seconds. For five yeah. seconds. If anything, yeah. that was like the most immersion breaking. Like, oh gosh, it was an in, exactly. It was an in episode music video. I was like completely it destroyed. It. it was supposed to be like an epic moment, and I was like, uh, this is so corny. And it's the same song as the mm-hmm. opening song, yeah, which isn't even original to this show. It was. It's just one of their album yeah. songs. It really, I bet you. <sighs> I, I, I know bet that. you in the contract for them to use the music, there was some kind of clause that we have to perform our song in some capacity within the series oh and they were gosh. like ah what's the best like inoffensive <laughs> way we can do this like let's do it in, in, wasn't the, worth yeah, it. It wasn't. in a tent in absolutely the was not worth in it the city. yeah like definitely the other immersion breaking thing for me was like the the introduction of echo with like the rap like the uh that one like hip-hop song and then they they had a completely different art style for like two minutes or something like what is going on Oh, was that when uh, they really introduced it? And there, it was the episode introducing the firelights properly. Yeah, like I after do they had, remember you'd seen that. them already. Oh yeah, the weird I commercial. That. Yeah, that was, that was definitely strange. It kind of those two moments, I kind of like just struck locked from out. My, yeah, like like the uh, the echo one was probably less egregious but unnecessary. It was less egregious. At least the music. It was, it was I good. forgot about it until you mentioned it. And now I want to go back and watch it again because mm-hmm. I can literally of like, oh, I, that did happen, but I don't remember. <laughs> it was probably not <laughs> because now the those uh, are my final words oh. you made me think I'm just going to say this quick, real quick is that now the bridge scene makes more sense with the art style they used because I think it was similar to that commercial oh yeah. hey man that was so fire that was I wasn't going to bring I that forgot up. <laughs> about that you shouldn't have brought it up that little scene where they showed them as kids yes was so cool I was like was yo good. this is so legit it's like they're kids again and they're out here like it's a real fight, but for them it's the same. Like I'm gonna beat you, mm-hmm. like and they and the, and that that to me showed that him Echo and uh, uh what's her name Jinx Powder Jinx and Powder. Jinx are like the the two like they're the top like they're gonna always they're like the the only person who can really beat Jinx is Echo. That's kind of what I feel because I feel like that was just showing like we're both like really really talented really mm-hmm. really driven and care and i feel like that it's like that's gonna be the next season that might be the the main conflict it's like echo who's now who's now hyped up with heimerdinger magic and technology versus shimmered up jinx but yeah that was that scene was really cool i really like that i was afraid that echo was gonna die real talk i was like no echo's oh the explosion die. bro yeah I thought he died. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't. The fact they didn't show his body, I was like, okay, he's alive. So, uh-huh. You know. I almost thought that, because I think it, that was like episode eight. So I almost thought 
that the show was going to do it and just kill, like legitimately kill them both and then do something completely out of the ordinary to end it off. That would have been cool. That would have been like, I mean, it's, it's, it. I feel like from a writers and like producer, like they're like, you cannot do that. <laughs> you can't kill Jinx at least. Like she's in Fortnite, we can't do it. No, we can't do that. I felt like Echo, I thought was gonna die, but once they didn't show his body, I was like, okay, he's alive somewhere. And then once they yeah. showed Heimerdinger walking around, I was like, okay, he's gonna encounter him. I just had to like, oh, you put all that together. Yeah, there's some story beats that are pretty like predictable, but the show overall all yeah. was like pretty pretty strong with the you know like i mean the dinner table scene like like you said i was like bro i don't know what's about to go down (laughs) um so um yeah man i mean i don't really have much more to add i mean honestly like it's such a great show um i really 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 want them to do like a arcane series further in the past that's more around like the the magician world like i i love that like just a mystery behind that like that whole scene with jace to me was super cool like wandering magicians what's that all about what's the old magic you know what i'm saying like stuff like that um so i hope they do a separate series like or something arcane spinoffs yeah i'm cool with that um as long as they don't try to make it league of legends heavy i think they can do well with this universe um just kind of work in the, the world but not make it try to tie it back to the game you know don't have a doom scene with the rock please um you know all of a sudden they have a moba fight <laughs> like in the game in the show i'd be like i'm done <laughs> turn it off delete this so anyway My abilities are on cooldown they're <laughs> cool down you gotta they ganked me but anyway um <laughs> hey i'm looking forward to the pokemon arcane series the moba series of that pokemon unite they call it pokemon um but anyway. oh my gosh <laughs> okay <Pokemon. laughs> i did pokemon because pokemon is a popular <laughs> twitch streamer she'll voice act pikachu oh no it would work though it would work she has a voice it, it would true work. it would work but anyway um <laughs> hey man if you have listened to this two and a half plus hour episode <laughs> you the realist you the realist you the realist <laughs> i mean arcane is the realist this show was awesome there's so much to talk about um thank you guys for talking about it so once again thank you kyle always a pleasure thank you steve no this is patrick thank you patrick i appreciate your alter jinx what is it (laughs) patrick or steve (laughs) or glasses steve this man has all which chair are you gonna sit in (laughs) what hat will i wear um we know stand um, over there but really appreciate you guys listening i mean course we enjoyed our time and we hope that you enjoyed it as well you know super agile bros nation we always appreciate you we love you guys thank you love you ladies guys children men boys everybody out there thank you so much for being uh, part of our family and uh you know uh look out for stuff that we're gonna be doing uh, discord coming soon uh apple podcast we out there in the streets and uh of course follow us on twitter at the sab podcast please we're always dropping them hot memes and hot takes so holla at us. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for watching this episode of Super Agile Bros, for listening to this episode of Super Agile Bros. And until next time, peace. <laughs>